0: Cain is the god of murder, hatred, and destruction. He is the kindler of war, the ruthless personification of a vicious creed. Cain believes that conflict is necessary for peace to reign. Only slaughter gives the promise of life any meaning, and love is nothing unless tempered by the blackest of hatreds. He is a god who gives his supplicants license to do as they will, and forbids nothing, save denial of his divine will. It is, therefore... Little wonder that it is Cain's blessing the Dark Elves seek most keenly, for their lives are founded upon deeds of slaughter and torment. Where the High Elves treat warily with the Lord of Murder, the Dark Elves embrace him with abandon, sacrificing slaves, comrades, and even their own children to catch Cain's attention even for a moment. Such devotion pleases the bloody-handed God in a way that the hollow observances of the High Elves never will. But Cain is easily bored and each passing year the sacrifices must become ever more wild and barbarous if they are to attract his ruddy gaze. All dark elves are touched by Cain to some degree, for their heritage is tainted by the Widowmaker, and the acts of their ancestors performed at a side. Many, however, wholeheartedly embrace the bloody-handed god's cruel vision. Such elves are known as the Knives of Cain. Both revered and shunned by their fellows, They are only loyal to their ruthless creed.
1: Welcome to the Garage U Tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two or three along the way. Bringing you Dark Elves to the core, special unit selections, and maybe a rare gem of useful info, I'm Chris Yu. And I'm the one who knocks. (laughs) <laughs> are you just gonna do that on the mic every
2: time yeah well it begs it for it it does i can't help it i'm not even looking for a new name i kind of like the one who knocks it just yeah damn that breaking bad
1: has got me so hooked now i do have to ask you why are you why are you putting a machine gun in your trunk
2: <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want yeah, the answer no, to answer to anyway so what's going on partner
1: a whole lot yeah, huh? we're talking dark elves. Uh, there's new campaign stuff on the horizon. Yep. Oh man,
2: it's been it's been a busy month, and we've skipping the first half of the show for uh, for fluff and for book reviews. Yep. This is getting trying. Doing a month worth of army reviews on the show for and a book coming out every two months. Oh, G- GW almost has
1: to slow down. <laughs> yeah, well, let not almost, get crazy. Almost. Let's not get wacky. But, it, but you know, I, it is kind of a golden age of Warhammer. Yeah, it really seems to be. I right. mean,
2: we're getting all these books, and for the most part, they're balanced. Mm. You know, with a few ex- a few unit exceptions here and there, a few sure. little, a few silly mistakes. I think,
1: but I feel like the game is headed in a good direction. The yep. tournament scene is strong. Yep. The community is growing. Yep. So I I definitely like where it's at. I'm excited. I got I got uh, <laughs> my model showed up in the mail.
2: Did I tell you about my little trials and tribulations? No. Well, you know what? Let's thank our sponsors
1: yes. and then get to it. Our sponsors, let's take a moment to thank them. Uh, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Cool Mini or Knots; Dark Age. Mears Miniatures. Mantic Games. Guildpainting.com. And BattleFoam. Protecting your army. What? I'm sorry. Last time I went so <laughs> long,
2: I just figured <laughs> I'd go the exact opposite. Okay, okay, fine. No, no, no. It, it's, ah, it's shocking. Army. There you go. It doesn't feel complete
1: if you do such a short one.
2: Yeah, I know. I was I was giving them short shrift there, but what are you gonna do? After the last one, uh, maybe we should do that next time. Maybe I should just see how long I can drag that you army should out. End
1: the one show with ah, uh, and start the next one with me. Oh yeah,
2: that's, yeah that'll work. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: We'll pretend I've been doing it for two weeks in between. There you go. Just sitting in your classroom ah uh. <laughs> My students What's wrong would, with
2: Mr. Whiteuck. My students wouldn't actually question it though. That's scary. You know, I have the date written on the board, and it says Orctober. Like, Oh, the, nice. The, yeah. They're like, what's Orctober? The Orcs! And it does say January when I have the dates up in January. So nice. Got keep, to keep a little bit of... You refer to them as snotlings? No. I call them my little cabbages because they're basically sort of like plant life with not much nutritional value. I see. Okay.
1: You know what makes you, sense? You
2: got to prove to your, you got to prove to me that you're, you know, conscience. Yeah, <laughs> and have potential. You know, when you start school at seven in the morning and I can't get a response because you're just sort of like glazed eyed, mm. you got to prove that you're not mineral or vegetable, but animal. Gotcha. So, okay, so I ordered six bodies for the oh the the Vargas. the Varggeist yeah. slash crypt yeah. I ordered them from Horta Bits on eBay, which uh, they're not a sponsor or anything like that, but I would I would certainly suggest them to anyone who wants Or order. I've ordered from them a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I get the actual body and the backs for either of them, but, so now I can build six more. Now I order it, and it's supposed to be here on, like, the 5th of October. Yeah. I- two weeks later i still don't have
1: it two weeks
2: wow yeah and so i'm waiting i'm talking to the post office oh you know this could happen because it could it could have been sent as regular post which means it's going to sit in the truck until it's time until it fills up Mm -hmm. you know and they're like well we you know we don't know where it is and i'm following because it's funny because the tracking is like oh it's packaged in virginia on the second oh it's ready to ship out on the third should be to you by the fifth and then it was shipped out on, you know, scanned for ship out on right. the third, and there's no other scan. So I'm talking to the post office. I'm like, "Did you lose a truck? Because where to go? Yeah. Well, they said it could have gotten scanned and then gone to be put in the truck and then
1: sat there until and then
2: not gone in the truck. Like it could have been accidentally mm-hmm. misplaced. So they're basically telling me you're out of luck. So I got to go to eBay and it never uh, arrived and headache. all this nonsense. And the guy, I mean, I've ordered from Hortabit's a ton of times and. You know, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a good guy. I always get my yeah. stuff fast. He always get good reviews. Uh, and here I am. And one time I ordered from him, and nothing ever showed up. And I, t- I, I contacted him. He's like, dude, I'll just send you another one. But if the other one ever shows up, send it back to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it never showed up. Yeah. So now it's the second time, and now I'm starting to feel bad. You know, and I email him. I hadn't heard back from him. I said, so I call the post office and I'm like, well, we can check the you know the, the damaged package bin, whatever, whatever, whatever but they're like good luck you're never going to find it. They're like basically like, you know, forget it. So I go and I file the thing with eBay and the next day I get the package It'll... with a stamp on here that I've never seen. Stamp th- this must happen often because they have a stamp for it. Found in supposedly empty equipment. Huh? M- meaning whatever bin or hopper it was put in that they were supposed to dump and empty yeah. out. Like it got stuck on the bottom and it they, they're they're supposed oh, to check man. it and make sure it's empty. Someone didn't check it. So there's this stamp that says found in supposedly empty equipment. Yikes. But I got it and that's all I really care about. Is so I got it. So I've got something to Just I'm to gonna k- to build. A little patience in two weeks. I expected to have it at the beginning of October, I got it in the beginning of November. But I got it, so I'm
1: pleased. Hobby on, Dave.
2: Got to try, there man. You. Yeah. See, hobby never dies. I've been cleaning. Look, the shelves are looking empty because the ogres are in a box oh, opening yeah. to ship out and there's all my warriors ready to get photographed. There you
1: go. You know, you're getting a lot of uh, Twitter chatter on people interested in buying your stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people want to buy a lot of piecemeal yeah. and I'm, and I'm, if it doesn't sell, that's what I'm going to have to do, sure. but I'm trying to do it one by lot. lot. I'm yeah. willing to take a lower percentage of the value just to do it all in ship one. Ship on my mass. Because the thing is I want to get rid of it. And you know, if people are buying it piecemeal, then I'm going to get stuck with a lot of little bits and pieces that nobody wants. That right. I have nowhere to. I don't. You don't want to throw them away. Sure, That's sure. a sin. You know. But just get rid of it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm doing the same thing with my War Machine stuff. Uh, so I, I would, except Harrison and his friends play it. So there's. I pff, I've played maybe ten games in my life. I just I, don't use it enough.
2: I've so. played a half a dozen games. I've never won it once. Never won a game. So and it's just frustrating to me. So. So no you're not buying it. Shut up Harrison. So all right, listen. Um why don't we do this? Uh, the uh, voicemails and stuff is sponsored mm-hmm. by Lizardman Jeff and the Circle City Circuit. Circle City and City if Circuit. you'd like to leave us a voicemail, please call 1757GH show 6. What's that number? That's 1757GH show 6. When do I call? Anytime, day or night. Call. We're waiting. Um, What the hell's wrong with me? I don't know. Um, So, also, apparently it's 001-757-GH06 if you're calling internationally. Okay. Um, I know it's 001, and then the number, I don't think you need that one in front of the 757-GH06. That's that's a
1: domestic thing, then. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, if you try it and it doesn't work, it may be 0011-757-GH06, but uh, whatever. If you really want to call... Try it either way; it should work. If or either call- way, I, yes, either or either. Um, but I mean, if you if you, if you're calling internationally regularly, you know what you're doing. You don't need my help. Right. So there you go. Right. Um, the so that was the news and rumors should have been brought to you by Circle City Circuit. But heck, they can bring us the non-existent voicemails this week there too. You. <laughs> um, we did get one from Cranky, but I'm not playing it. It was Why? just bizarre. Oh, first of all, it's just kind of long, and it's him going on and on about, you keep talking about the fluff, and there's fluff, and then you say you're done, and then there's fluff, and I'm getting peanut butter, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. I swear to God, I thought he was drunk. But, you know
1: those crazy lawyers out in Maine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, better to do, I guess.
2: And uh, obviously that the toolbox is brought to us by.
1: For sure. for for sure.
2: um, but we're foregoing all of that because we got at least three hours. And a of lot show of dark elf stuff to come to get up. Through. Uh, yeah, um, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, this first two, we're going to have two segments of just me and Alex. Mm. Uh, that was the Lords and Heroes from last. Right, that's when I was out sick. Last episode when you were out sick, um, and then we'll come back and we'll go through rare, special, and core selections. Yeah. So once that segment's done, we'll we'll be back. You, me, and Alex, mm-hmm. we're gonna hit the uh, hit the rest of the book, and then uh, stay tuned. At the end of the episode, we will be getting Donovan from Guild Painting on the line to announce the winner of the Guild Painting Contest. Excellent. Excellent. So, folks, hope you enjoy. We will be back.
1: the Friday Night Magic. There's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at UniqueGG.com
2: David and Alex. Alex taking the second chair today. Alex, welcome back. And uh, let's see. Lord choices. Um, Dreadlord. Uh, Dreadlord's looking pretty sharp at 140 points. Uh, weapon skill and ballistic skill 7. Strength 4. Oh, toughness 3. Uh, three wounds. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's yeah, so uh, Dreadlord
3: pretty much stayed the same. Uh, it's the same number of points, 140 points. Uh, his choices of being mounted on whatever you want, you can get him, you know, high armor, and then obviously, you know, purchase whatever you're looking for him to have. His stats pretty much remain the same: at leadership four, four attacks, initiative eight, uh, weapon skill seven, etc. So pretty much the same character. Obviously, the kit for the generic Dreadlord in the past has been the. Crown of Command-Pendant combo. Right. Um, obviously, with the Pendant now gone, you can still hit him up with the Crown of Command and the regular 4-plus word save, which is nowhere near as sexy. So <laughs> I, think, I think that pretty much uh, you're not going to see a whole lot of Dreadlords out there anymore.
2: You don't think so? I, I mean, don't. They're, they're still, I mean, they're still, well, I'm not, I don't want to say they're tough, because they're Toughness 3, but... I mean, you get that Sea Dragon cloak, the heavy armor, you can have a guy on foot with a one-up armor save chopping the hell out of stuff, can't you?
3: You can. I mean, I'm not saying he's not usable. I mean, he he definitely is usable. Uh, the point value is, is, is reasonable, and I think that uh, uh, you can definitely go that route. I think that uh, chances are, you know, either there's some better options out there, or uh, I mean, again, I'm not saying you're never going to see him. I just I don't see it as an optimal choice as far as what he's going to be will, you know, be able to do for you. He's, he's uh, you know, he's not putting out a massive number of attacks unless you tool him out that way. And if he goes that route, then you know, there's a question of defense. And then there's also the question of what unit you're, you're going to park him in. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks around the guy. I again we'll see some of them but i don't i don't see that as a as a one plus option in the army by any
2: means okay like i said i was curious cuz i figured either on you know the pegasus you used to see him riding around a lot you know i mean granted he's not as good as before but you put him on the pegasus you got your you're got the one up four up um but yeah i guess like you're saying he's still only that strength force so you'd have to give him something to to give him to really boost his power level i suppose
3: yeah, if you want him to kill stuff in combat, then you're going to have to tool him out that way. Um and, you know, when compared to other um Choppy Lords. Yeah, Choppy Lords are just fighty characters. He's, you know, he's nothing special.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I I guess you're right. I was kind of hope. I'm always kind of hoping you'll see more of those because I mean I mean, I don't, you know, I don't care that everybody takes a level four. Hell, I always take a level four, but with vampires, you're stupid if you don't because you, you got to keep everything alive. But, uh, um, yeah, I guess he's just not as good as I was hoping. Because once again, everyone's going to go with that supreme sorceress, aren't they?
3: You, uh, you, you definitely have to take her. It's, it's, it's almost a must if you, if you, uh, you know, if you play in any kind of a competitive scenario. She actually went down in price
2: 40 points she went quite, down
3: quite a bit so basically it's a it's a huge you know benefit in terms of her overall cost which i think is uh it's kind of a fair price reduction i mean i know that 40 points sounds like a lot but remember she's nowhere near as good as she once was so uh, you're going to see him on the table uh at 35 points for the additional level you know she'll cost you you know
2: 220 yeah
3: She'll cost you less points for a level four than the level three used to cost, so she's imminently usable. And, and you know she's I think got all eight lores, like
2: you said, instead of just the four evil lores of death, uh, shadow, metal, and fire.
3: And I think, and I think that's what your they used to you used to be able to pretty much use fire, death, and shadow. Okay, so th- this brings a lot into it, you know, I mean, depending on which route you want to go, obviously life is a very popular lore, light is a popular lore, uh, heavens you see out there, um, metal is a situationally popular lore, you may start to see on her maybe uh even even beasts to some extent if you if you have a combat oriented army and you want to throw the signature spell out there i mean that's upon an, an option wild so,
2: for me i you toughness for elves i mean that's that's i think that's every elf player's dream
3: all of those options are now open to you just like you know just like you didn't have before so it's it's a it's a nice benefit she's cheaper she's cheaper by quite a bit and uh, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of lists with two level fours running around. One taking a different lore.
2: Oh, there you go. Um, you put her on a peg or anything like that?
3: Uh, it depends. I mean, if you if you give her a sec dagger, you got to stick her in a unit where she's killing guys for power dice. True. Uh, uh, so if that's the combo, then she'll be in a unit of spearmen chopping them down as you go. Uh, if um, if you have two of them, you stick one in the Spearman unit with a sack dagger. You stick another one on a peg. Have her flying around, you know, shooting, you know, whatever vortexes or whatever you're looking to get her to uh, get off for you. Um, she really,
2: yeah, she is versatile. If she's flying around that peg, you can be throwing death magic and sniping things. You could be burning out things. You could be you could be doing a lot with her, couldn't you?
3: Yes, it's 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 definitely, and and there's a perfect situation where you could throw the regular four plus word save on your gal in the block if you want, and then in addition to that, you can throw that that twilight cloak onto the gal flying around, giving her a three up word save as she's getting shot magic. So, um, you know, those are those are nice items that kind of go hand in hand with what you're trying to do with them. If you wanted to go with the the Swim-linked level 4s, if you will. Swim-linked
2: so, level 4s, I like that.
3: Yeah, so that's... I, I think you'll see some of that, you know, depending on... You used to not see it as much anymore, or before, because of the fact that the lore choices were limited. Well, now you're not limited anymore. You can have many lore choices and, and go a number of different ways.
2: Nice. Yeah, you could even do a couple of those, and then you said, just take a level 2 with beasts just to get that wild form off and throw it at the end when you when they're out of power dice, when they're out of dispel dice. Sure. I mean oh, Yeah,
3: the regular sorceress, we haven't talked to the heroes, obviously and I want to jump around, but she right. went down the price as well. So the the casters have become cheaper and have become more more versatile, but not as powerful.
2: All right. Looking good. Uh, okay, so now we got these two new characters. What was the fl- the Fleet Master wasn't in here before, was he? No. no. So these are both new characters. Yep. Um we got the Black Ark Fleet Master. He's weapon skill, ballistic skill six. Strength three, you know, toughness, wounds three, three attacks, leadership nine. Uh, ASF, hatred, the murderous, show no weakness. Now, that's, uh, what is, I forget what, that's something about if, I think if you're in a challenge, you're unbreakable or something like that, or your unit's unbreakable.
3: Yeah, if it's I'm, a, uh, where is he? Yeah. Where's the old fleet master? Here we go. There we go. Uh, show no weakness. If this model fights in a challenge or kills an enemy character and is alive, Keyword there. Yes. Yeah. He and all the monotony in the unit gain the unbreakable special rule until the end of that turn. So basically, you have to get him into a challenge, or you just have to kill an enemy character outright, you know, outside of a challenge, and then you become unbreakable for that turn. So basically, as you said earlier when we were speaking about unbreakable, you're planning on a loss that you're trying to mitigate by becoming unbreakable. Um, he's He's a very... Uh, questionable, uh, selection. I don't really, he, he can't be mounted on anything.
2: Nope. And he's only got a, he gets a four up armor save because he's got light armor and sea dragon cloak. Yep. Two hand weapons. So he gets a fourth attack at strength four. He only gets 50 points worth of magic items. Yep. He gets a uh, hero levels uh, allotment.
3: Exactly. So, I mean, he's cheap at 155 points. Yeah, said that he's not particularly usable. I'm not exactly sure where you're going to find this game.
2: Well, yeah, because like I said, like he's, I'm looking at it here, and uh, hand okay, he's got an extra hand weapon and the sea dragon cloak, and this show no weakness thing. He's got slightly less stats than the dreadlord, and he costs more. I mean his stats are lower, and now granted, if I give the Dreadlord the Sea Dragon Cloak, which uh, that would that's what that's another eight, and additional hand weapon is three, so he would be, so he's still four points more expensive than the Dreadlord. If you give him the exact same kit, and he's got lesser stats, so I don't I don't understand the cost of this guy at
3: the, all. The cost doesn't make sense. The options don't make sense. It's. It, it, uh, yeah, I I don't know why he's in the book. He he he's a poorly thought out character that I'm questioning the validity of. Not not just usability of that. I'm not even questioning. He's not usable. But no. but uh, but I'm I'm even wondering if based on how they point these things out because they have formulas for doing all of this. Right. I'm just I'm just even questioning if he's a ava- valid. I mean, what what was the validity that allowed them to put him in the book? I have no idea.
2: Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, five stats are one lower, but he's got, like I said, and he's got an extra hand weapon and a sea dragon cloak and that show no weakness uh, ability. Yeah. Uh, So you can have a Dreadlord have the exact same thing except for show no weakness, and he's cheaper. And he can take 100 points worth of magic items and all sorts of mounts. I mean, that's just this... This makes absolutely no sense. I'm not one to say you'll never take that. I hate saying you always take one thing or never take another thing. I just can't see a reason to take this guy at all. Yeah. So, all right, poop on him, and let's move along to the high beast master, who is coming in at a whopping 300 points. Well, that's misleading. But he's on a manticore or, or a chariot.
3: Right. And here is—I've seen this on the uh, on the web. People not reading the details of this character before
2: just going off on him.
3: Right. Uh, number one, he's a, he's really 150 points. Okay, right, because, because the
2: Manticore is 150 as well. will exactly. cost
3: you 150 points, or the score the uh, uh, Scourge Runner Chariot also costs 150
2: points. Does it? That chariot's basically, 150. Okay, so yeah, so he's 150 points.
3: Exactly. So you're basically, the 300 points have 150 points worth of a built in mount into him. Okay, his stats are solid.
2: They're actually just, the only thing that's different from a Dreadlord is he's right. one less leadership. So he's, he's right up there.
3: Leadership, but, but, A, he can pick up 100 points of items, which is the same thing. And the other cool thing about him, and I just want to look up the range. Because I don't
2: remember what the range of this thing There's is. The Beast Slayer? Correct. Beast Slayer is six inches.
3: Six inches. So basically, he picks one monster, okay? Oh, well, sorry, six, no,
2: three inches. I'm sorry, three, three inches. inches. Yeah, see, I
3: thought it was shorter. It so is. it's three inches. So basically, he's got to be right next to a monster, but he picks one friendly monster, and that monster gains D3 attacks until the start of your next turn. So, just as an example, okay, you can pick any monster within 3 inches of him, which basically means that you can also pick a manticore that you might happen to be riding.
2: Exactly. That's what I'm thinking is you're giving it to the to your own ride because So, yeah. so
3: you got a manticore that has basically four attacks standard, so now it's 4 plus d3. So that manticore just became quite a bit better. You know, as part of his kit. So I think that uh, he's, he's very usable. That's one option. The other option is, which I think is something you're also possibly going to see, is sticking him on a Scourge Runner chariot is also an interesting choice. And the reason for that is this guy happens to have a ballistic skill of 7. Yeah. So if you got a chariot that happens to be uh, packing a uh, what they call a Ravager harpoon,
2: Oh yeah, the, yeah the harpoon that can uh, that can pull beasts all over the place.
3: Well, But in general, you have a
2: harpoon that happens
3: to be basically a bolt thrower. That's with on twos. And sorry, I'm looking up. Here we go. No, go ahead. The only the only negative to it as a, as a bolt thrower is it's only got a 24 inch range. So it's it's a it's a shorter range bolt thrower at 24 inches. But because his his ballistic skill is so high, it doesn't really matter in in terms of the penalty for the range because he's got such a high ballistic skill, okay? It still does D3 wounds, but it's strength 7. Oh, that's right. So you're now firing a shorter-range bolt thrower, but it's strength 7 and it's
2: D3. And you know what? Even at long range, he's still hitting on twos, isn't he? that's what I'm saying Yeah, his, he, at, at ballistic skill 7 he's hitting on 2's at any range cause... Yep. he's hitting on 2's he's strength 7 and he's doing so it's basically a bolt thrower
3: at strength 7 with d3 wounds that this guy's hitting on a 2 plus on I think it's a um, um, I mean it makes him less effective in terms of um, getting into his beast ability unless you park a monster within 3 inches of him which you certainly can do
2: well, and that, and that chariot runs, what, nine or ten inches, so you have a chance to move around to something if you want to. Yeah, nine inches, so you can move right up to something if you need to.
3: Correct. So, so it's a, again, I'm not saying that this is overpowered or a must have or anything like that. I'm just saying it's an interesting choice that I think you may find on the table. Either a guy riding a manticore that will be packing much more in terms of oomph than it normally does with plus D3 attacks, or a guy riding a chariot that only of a sudden becomes pretty accurate <laughs> when it's firing the dead. <laughs> so, uh, again, not overpowered, not anything that's going to dominate the game, it's not an I win button, but I think it's usable, I think it's interesting, and uh, I think you could see some of these.
2: Yeah. I guess I really wanted to like it when I read it, and I saw it had three inch reins. I'm like, really three? I mean, that's, I mean, even as a dwarf player, I'm looking at it going three inches. That's short. Yeah. But you know, that's. But I, I don't know. I I kind of like him. I want. I really want to like him a lot. I I think he can be good. I think I want to like him a little more than I do. But I at least like the fluff behind him. I you know this idea that because th- these guys do have a ton of beasties they can they can bring to the to the table. And uh, having someone who can do a little something with them is nice.
3: Absolutely, and it fits with the fluff that I'm sure uh, you've already covered. But uh, right. uh, one of the you know one of the greatest uh, dark elf generals was a beast guy, you know, and and his army was heavy beasts, and you know he was right. uh, he was certainly very successful going that route. They they do raise and train a lot of different beasts, so it, fluff wise, it just fits with the theme of the army. So I I, I like it.
2: Cool. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I like it too. So um, that's all the Lords except for the special characters. There's four of them. I don't necessarily want to go into all of them right now. Maybe if we have time, we could discuss them at the end of the second episode. But uh, there's so much to discuss here. I'd rather I'd rather kind of stay on target. But I'll ask you really quick. When you read through this, did any of the Lord, the, 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 you know, the named characters, did anybody stick out to you as someone you'd really want to field and put on the table?
3: I think that you're going to see a lot of Hellebrons out there. Uh, The reason for that is, well, number one, I used to use her even in the old book. Now, uh, the cool thing about her in the old book was that she gave Witch Elves the core tag. So if you wanted to to carry a bunch of Witch Elves, they became your core with her as the general, which was really unique. Well, now Witch Elves are core to begin with, so that would no longer be necessary. But the nice thing about her is, is she's every bit as effective as she used to be. Yeah. And most importantly, she went down forty points.
2: Yeah, and she's got better stats than a dreadlord, too. I mean granted she's a named character, but you just you don't often see you know, I don't know, I just I was kinda surprised how how good her stats were. She's
3: she she was always this kind of a character and I'd like to I'd like to describe her as being a glass cannon.
2: Okay, I can agree. Which with Which
3: I that. think is is pretty accurate in terms of how she's utilized. She packs a massive punch. I mean, when when she decides to unlumber those two weapons and start swinging them, she's a whirlwind of death. The problem is, is when she stops swinging and you hit her back, she's a toughness three elf who is going to go down <laughs> very very quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, she's you know she's not overpowered in that way because she dies a lot. Uh, right. She kills a ton of stuff if you give her a chance to have you know a massive round of combat where her and probably surrounded by other girls or whoever she 's dancing around with uh, is putting out a massive number of attacks if they happen to erase you before you get to swing back that 's what she does if If you have a big block or or something tough enough to survive her you know <laughs> tender love and care uh, you know when you swing back at her she 's going to go down.
2: Well, so, yeah, and I mean, all those gifts of Cain. Really, I mean, you know, she causes fear. So if you do have to take a fear check, you're taking it at a minus three to your leadership. She gets another D three attacks. Right. So she's going not only with five attacks because she's frenzied, but she
3: well, has six base. So so she has four base attacks plus one for being frenzied and plus one for having paired magic weapons. Okay, so that yeah six. So 6 plus D3, that's how many attacks. So she's putting out an average of 8 attacks a
2: turn. Oh, and oh, let's not forget, uh, mm-hmm. with the Witch Brew, since she's got Frenzy, she gets plus 2 for the Frenzy. So she's actually a base of 7. So she's going to get 8 to 10 attacks. Because the Witch's Brew, uh, uh, this model and all models have the Frenzy rule. If they already have Frenzy, they get plus 2 attacks instead of 1. Uh, the only difference is that they got a minus 3 penalty to their leadership. When testing to not charge. So they're right. testing Com- on a 7 instead of her 10. Right. But she's getting, yeah, 7 to 10 attacks, poisoned, strength 10. If you roll a 1 to attack her, you're hitting yourself on it with a strength 4. So, yeah, I mean, she's going to kill, yeah like you said, I, yeah, she's going to kill a lot of stuff before you drop her.
3: That's that's what she's there for. She She puts out a massive round of attacks. She's she's killing stuff left and right. If you're still standing or any part of your unit still standing so you can deliver attacks in return, you know, you're going to hurt her. A toughness 3, uh, you know, she doesn't have any armor save or inherent ward save. Now, it's possible that if there's a cauldron in her unit, she could have a 5-up ward save, but that's the best she can do. Yep. So, uh, you know, she dies a ton. She's expensive for someone who dies a ton. But again, in in a... You know, in a combat situation she puts out an absolute massive amount of attacks, but her unit is frenzied, so you can lead them around a bit because of the Witch Brew um, they're more frenzied than usual so <laughs> you can lead them around a bit more so again, it, she's not the end all be all, uh, this is pretty much what she was before, more or less she used to put out one less attack but uh, the 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 overall concept is still there, she's very usable I think you will feed you know, people using her. Um, so, yeah, I think of all the special characters, she's the one that jumps out at me as someone that you will see on the table.
2: You are going to put her on a cauldron just to give her a five-up board save?
3: Uh, I wouldn't at all. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, uh, I if I you know if I was going to field her in a unit, I would have a cauldron in the unit with someone else on it, but not her because that just makes her a you know a very nice target for cannon.
2: Your tar- oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. All right, so that's all the Lords, Um, you know, well, with the exception of a few special characters. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and do Heroes, and then wrap up this half of the show. How's that sound? Sound good. Excellent. We'll be right back.
0: Once a year, the Witch Elves descend on the streets of their cities in unbridled celebration of their bloody lord. This is death night, a time of terror for all in Nagaroth. The boulevards and alleys echo with manic drumming and shrill pipes, while thick clouds of blood-red incense drift around in twisted mansions. Through the smoke prowl, roving bands of Witch Elves murder in their hearts. Under the direction of their Hat Queens, they steal away any Dark Elves they find often breaking into houses to drag the inhabitants to their bloody altars. It is on death night, reinvigorated by the blood of the slain, that the Hag Queens are at their most beautiful and frenetic. Over the course of the following year, they slowly revert to their true Haggard appearance, but for that one night, they are wanton avatars of lustful slaughter, true daughters of Cain.
2: And we are back, bringing in uh, the heroes section, Alex and I. And um, so we already mentioned them, so why don't we go with it, Alex, the Sorceress.
3: The Sorceress, uh, again, uh, took a 20-point uh, price drop, which is really nice for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's the same situation as the uh, Supreme Sorceress. She's cheaper, she can use all the lures, she's not as powerful, Um you know, again, it does. It does limit. You know, some people brought her for with you know one kind of a maybe a death spell or whatever to throw max dice at. She can't do that anymore. She's limited to six dice like every other caster out there. But she's twenty points less expensive. She can use more lures. I mean, I'll, you'll you'll definitely see a bunch of them.
2: Yeah, like I said, if for no other reason than to you know find that lure you like and just grab that signature spell. Absolutely. Oh, hey, you know what I was just thinking uh, oh, during the break. We were talking about Hellebron right before the break. Yep. She's got that murderous prowess, doesn't she? So she's got strength 10, so she's wounding on twos and re-rolling her ones.
3: Right. She's initiative nine, which means that she's, she's ASF probably re-rolling to hit and then re-rolling all her wound rolls because she's strength 10. So, yeah, she's, she's going to kill stuff. I mean, if one <laughs> thing's dead, she's, she's definitely the girl for you.
2: Uh, all right. Now, back to that source. I'm sorry. I just, I just popped into my head. I was like, wait a minute. She The murderous prowess. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically there's not much to say about the sorceress. She's the same, you know, she's almost as good as she was, because you don't get the unlimited dice rolling. But she's cheaper, too. So, there you go. Maybe that's why they're cheaper, because they can't roll as many dice, because otherwise they're pretty much, I mean, more lures to choose from. It's an all-around better character, almost. So, so uh... Why don't we move over? And why don't we jump on? Uh, we'll skip the master for a minute and jump over to the Death Hag since they seem to uh, they seem to kind of go together a little bit here. Uh, Death Hag went down five points. She's only yep. eighty five. Her initiative went down one to seven only. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, you know, she can take the different uh, you know, the Cry of War, the Witch Brew, the Rune of Cain. She can take a single magic weapon, weapon only. So she can't just. Uh, but before yep. she couldn't take any. She could just Correct. take yeah. So that's that's not bad. And you could put her on a cauldron, like you said.
3: Yep. So so basically, you know, they gave him a choice. You know, they want to keep the chicks naked, but uh, they gave her a, a shiny weapon to carry around in case she wants one. Um, you know the.
2: You want to keep the chicks naked?
3: Well, you know. Well, who well, doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Especially <laughs> ones that bathe in blood regularly for the complexion. <laughs> um, yeah, she's she's definitely going to see a ton of use because the cauldron is strictly a mount. So, you know, the death hag is going to be a, you know. Right. Usable just for that. The cauldron is something that we're going to talk about a lot, I'm sure. Uh, it's going to be a mount that you see a lot. The cauldron is a mount went up substantially in cost. Uh, it's, I think it it's went not, up it's, substantially. It's, and, and in others, it's, it's better. So it's a very interesting item. And um, I think that uh, the Death Hag is going to be very, very usable.
2: Yeah, I kind of was wondering because I'm like okay I, I see the, obviously the purpose for a sorceress um the master is great for you know you got these as your bsb and I was kind of sitting here wondering what the death hag would be used for but like uh, as you pointed out you can put her in with the witches and uh they won't attack her and uh yeah you can put her on the on the cauldron um and then you can put her on the cauldron and jump her all over the place now so when we get to that next episode we'll be talking about that a lot but uh so she's pretty useful. I'm, I'm glad I asked you about that, because I was sitting there kind of looking at her, not 100% certain exactly how to use, use, use the old girl. So, uh, And then we get to the uh, assassin. Now, where, was the, where was the assassin before? Uh, the assassin before was... Um, it's not a lord, it's not a hero, it wasn't a character, was it?
3: No, the assassin uh, was an upgrade to actual units. Oh, okay. So basically you could purchase him uh, as a character type for 90 points before. Oh, okay. You purchased him and stuck him in a unit. Oh, okay. So he was basically, except obviously he was hidden until such time as you release him. He's still the same number of points. He's back in the character section. Uh, there's really not much of a um, um, of a difference to him. Uh, other than magic uh, right now, he's able to take 50 magic points worth of items, which makes him you know, far more flexible and more usable. You didn't really see a whole lot of assassins uh, in the last edition of the book. Um, but uh,
2: in seventh you, th- you may see you more, more of them now. Of What's I'm, that? Didn't you see him kind of often in 7th edition?
3: You did, uh, because there were a number of combinations that... Uh, permitted him to be very useful, and because you didn't have the step-up rule... Right, he could
2: wipe out the front rank, and then...
3: He was was very useful, because even if you got the charge off, you'd pop the assassin, and if he had a good round of combat, he really took the bite out of your charge. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and then uh, later on, he had that capability where you could combine his throwing stars with, you know, manbane that gave you strength seven tosses, which basically deleted chariots. Um, yeah so there there were there were some neat tricks that he had available to him that when eighth edition came around went away um, and so you didn 't see much of the assassin uh I still don 't know if you 're going to see a ton of them, but I think that with the ability to give him magic items up to fifty points uh he he could be useful
2: he could be let me ask you a question uh, just kind of breaking off what they said uh shadow Blade. um the new sh- did the 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 rules in the, for this book, Shadow Blade. You don't have to assign him to a specific unit. You just take him, and he's in whatever the heck unit you want him to be in. Because he starts off in this unit, but then oh no, he's in that unit because you thought he was here, but he's such a good assassin that was a fake. So basically, you don't have to assign Shadow. But was was did he have that ability in the last in the last book?
3: Uh, In the last book, he actually had the ability to be not only in any one of your units, but also in any one of your opponent's units as
2: well. Oh, damn! That's right. I forgot about that. Also, he was. Yeah. Okay. 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 Enough. I don't want to go off target too much. I don't want to go too far off base. But that's right. Because yeah, I remember Christopher did that to me every once in a while. I'm fighting, and all of a sudden, in my own back rank. This fool pops up. Yep. Oh. Ugh, nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like him. Hey, what do you think of that Shadow Blade model? The new one. I,
3: I like it. I mean, it's 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 certainly different looking. Uh, Shadow Blade is a very themey um, character that has a lot of background. He's been around for a long time. He's always been very cool in the story. Yep. Master Assassin. Um, you know, it, it, it's a nice model. Uh, it's a nice character in terms of fluff. I think that uh, you know, it's just it, it's good. I like it.
2: Yeah. I heard a few, you know, you either like it or you don't. And I heard the few people who don't like it saying, you know, he's got this big flowing cape and he's supposed to be hidden. And how do you stay hidden like that? Well, he's not hidden once you pop him out. Once you pop him out, you got well, to me, will better notice him. To me,
3: the model looks like he's taking a huge leap, right? Yeah. So, so he's leaping at his enemy. He's jumping out and leaping at his enemy. He's got the dagger out, ready to take you out. You know, the cloak is billowing behind him. I, I think it's a neat concept. Now, you know, having not seen the physical model, I'm curious to see how durable this thing is. Um, but in terms of aesthetics, I think it's a very unique, very visual model. I
2: think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it, too. I was just curious as to hear your thoughts on it. So, um, all right, here's the other hero. It's the, the Master. Yeah,
3: the Master uh He got a little cheaper down, has gone down ten points. Uh so he used to be eighty points, he's now seventy. So it just seems the, the recurring theme uh is that the lords and the heroes in the book have, you know, had in some cases substantial, in some cases a little, but reduced in price. So the characters have generally gone down in price and the master is a nice is a nice change for that. Again, very flexible. You can feel them on many different mounts. You know, you have the capability of you know, basically kidding him out in whatever way you want. He's your BSB if you don't want to use the death hag. So, you know, I mean, you'll see a ton of these things, obviously.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, cheap and tough. Yep. And you can get them, like you said, you can get uh, a, can they, can they, yeah, they can take, yeah. Yeah, one-up armor, yeah, 70. Winds up being about 82 points if you don't give him anything really special to have a one-up or two-up? a two-up uh, two armor save character that's that's dirt cheap so that's pretty good uh, so any any of the he- other than shadow blade who's you know 245 points but he's another one he's pretty much naked isn't he so he's naked he can't hide in your enemies units
3: anymore uh, again fluff wise he's still pretty cool and just everybody loves the name but uh, in general you're not going to um, you're not going to see a whole lot of them I don't
2: think yeah, I mean, that's a, you can get a couple of Assassins who are not as good, but still get the job done for 90 points. So, Any of the other guys jump out to you? Talaris, uh, Dreadbringer, Curran Darkhand, or Felhart, Lockyer Felhart?
3: Uh, actually, for the price, they're all usable. Yeah. Uh, they're all usable, so you, you could see these. I mean, none of them are overbearing. Lockyer is obviously a very cool character. Everybody likes him. Looks mm, um, cool too. It, it
2: doesn't it looks, hurt that his model's so awesome.
3: Exactly. The model looks fantastic. The fluff with him is great. Um, he's not overpowering, but he has some cool uh, some cool capabilities. Um, and you know he's pretty resilient for a uh, for a regular hero guy because he does have regeneration, which yep. is which is nice uh, which is nice for him to have. I mean he's he's just a good uh, a good all around character. He's usable. He's not cheap. Not cheap, but uh, not usually special characters aren't.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're you're paying you're paying for the for the fluff on a lot of them. Yeah, you know, I'm going through here, and remember we mentioned how the Eternal Hatred. Not too many people have it, and as I'm looking, it's the Korun Darkhand who's got it, and then it's a Malekith and Malus Darkblade. That's it, right? And like well, not for- even Marathi has it. She, they just got hatred of High Elves, right? Oh wow! I, I I I thought more characters would have had that. I guess I mean I wasn't paying as much attention as I thought. I was too busy reading all the fluff.
3: Right. Well, Koran has it just because you know that's what Blackguards do. Right. You know he's obviously the current captain of the Blackguard, although right. that changes a lot. They just kind of kill him and pick up his weapon. Yep. You know, so that 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 office you know changes hands, but uh, <laughs> but he's got it at the moment, uh, which gives him the Crimson Death, which is the weapon that basically is you know, what marks the Blackguard captain. Right. Uh, um, he's usable. He turns Blackguard unbreakable, which is nice. They're already stubborn, so it's it's not a huge bump for them, but it's a nice one. He's, uh, he's usable. He's not that expensive. Very cool. And actually, Tolaris, who in the last uh, uh, edition wasn't particularly good, um, is sneaky good here uh, because he doesn't have anything that's, that's that awesome. But he's only 155 points, and he gives the unit he's with frenzy. Okay. So, so basically, if you want to stick him into a... It's like basically, you know, a character that you stick in there that turns any unit frenzied, and, you know, you can, uh, you can park him in a unit of executioners, for example, giving everybody an extra attack. So, I mean, it's not a... You know, he's not a game breaking guy. He's, yeah. you know, he's not a must have, but for 155 points, which is pretty cheap, he's, he's very usable. Uh, he has a uh, killing blow on a 5 and a 6, which is a nice little bonus for him. Right. And he gives Frenzy to his unit, which is, you know, again, not a joke.
2: Yeah, no, you don't want to have this guy. I was going to say uh, that, that Witch's Brew that gives the plus 2 attacks to the Frenzy.
3: Right, um, yeah, he, he doesn't help there.
2: No, and you don't want that because you put him in that unit, he's going to get chopped up eventually because of the the the, the non the canite rule now going on.
3: Yeah, that rule, uh, and we'll talk about this obviously when we go over their actual units, but that rule pretty much prevents you from sticking any, any character with those gals because, you know, unless, yeah. as they say, they know how to survive around them, they're, they're not going to last too long.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just talk about the rule real quick, since we only mentioned it like half a dozen times. Basically, at the end of each of your turns, your turns, roll a d6 for each character that's in a unit of witch elves. You don't roll for the Canite Assassin Shadowblade deck, Death Hags, or Hellebron because they're all Knight, basically, like the old Canite rule. Right. Uh, on a four up, nothing happens. If you roll a three or less, they suffer d6 strength three hits as the witch elves basically lose control and attack the character because he's not. Well, basically not canite. It's 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 interesting. If you wanna risk it, you can. Before they just said no, no non canites in the unit. Now like, well, that's your call. But if they get a little they get a little nutty, you're in trouble. Right. But keep in mind that you're making this roll every
3: single turn. Uh, six times a game, yep. So so six times a game, which means on average three times your character is gonna get hit with D six strength three hits. Now, if it's a you know, if it's a fully armored dreadlord you have in there, chances are that's not gonna dent them. Right. But, you know, if you try to stick a sorceress in there or you try to stick one of the other characters in there that's not heavily armored. Yeah,
2: you know, you're in trouble.
3: Eventually they're only carrying two wounds. You know, eventually you're gonna lose that hero. So uh it's it's a risk that's
2: I'm not, not saying perfect. you're gonna take it exactly. No. No. But I'm j i am I like that they give you the freedom to make that choice. If sure. you you know, if you want to do it, hey, go ahead. That's your that's your funeral, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, all right. Well, you know what? That's, uh, I think, I think we're at the point where um, we're going to have to wrap up here, I think. Um,
3: Sounds good. Thank you for having me on the show, and thanks, everyone, for listening.
2: Yeah, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all in about two weeks. See you later.
1: Welcome back to the Garage of Tools. Dark
2: Elves continued. Yes, yes, and we are here with all three of us for the first time in these two episodes. (laughs) That's right, Alex. Alex, thanks for coming back. My pleasure. All right, so um, we just got back from last week's episode of Alex and I talking uh, Lords and Heroes. So why don't we
1: get on to this core units here? Yeah, let's break it down. Uh, Break
2: it down.
1: So, should we just start in the order of the book, I suppose? I suppose going on the order
2: of the book, that way we all know what we're doing. So, uh, we starting off, we got Dreadspears. Uh, in fact, Spears, Bleak Swords, Dark Shards, they're all pretty much the same character with the same uh, stats, except for the... Uh, the Dark Shards have an extra ballistic skill instead of an extra attack, but they're basic elf stats.
1: So, right, their, their points are a little bit different. Dread Spears and Swords are 9, nine points, while the Dark Shards are 12 points. Right. Um, let's see. So let's. Uh, the Dread Spears
2: are your typical spear. Light Armor, Shield, Spear, Always Strikes First, Hatred, High Elves, and the Murderous Prowess. Mm-hmm. So we were talking a little bit about Murderous Prowess last week, and I know you weren't on there, Chris,
1: but what do you think of getting to reroll your ones uh, I think it's it's great, especially with the quantity of uh, e- typically low strength attacks that the di- dark elves have. Anything to buff uh, you know, the amount of wounds that they can do this is definitely a good thing.
2: It's not necessarily a ton of extra rolls, and you know it's not. It might only be one or two extra wounds per per uh, you know per combat, combat fate, sure. but one or two wounds. I mean, if they, if they go through and don't get saved, that it swings the, the, the combat. Difference. Yeah. So uh, of these three, Alex, which ones do you like uh, Would you, if you had to rank them? Dread Spears, Bleak Swords, and uh, Dark Shards, how would you rank them?
3: Well, clearly the, the repeater crossbows are a mainstay of the army. So we'll start with them at 12 points apiece. They are now uh, two points more expensive than they used to be, so they, they got bumped up in, in price. Uh But again, it's a, it's a mainstay of the army. Crossbowmen and repeater crossbows are kind of a trademark weapon of the Dark Elves. So, you know, they still, you know, I'm sure are going to make a very consistent appearance in the lists. As far as the spears versus the swords, that's more of a option of whether you want to have another attacking rank versus having the six up, uh, parry save defensively uh i want to call it a a coin toss there really as far as what people will prefer could go either way depending on whether you're expecting to be more aggressive with the uh, combat or if you're looking to have a little bit more of a defensive type of block
2: and it also might have to do with hey i've already got all these (laughs) spearmen. i don't want to go out and buy more it it could be you know i mean at that point so let me ask you a question alex uh, light armor, hand weapon, repeater, crossbow. Do you pay the extra point for the shield?
3: I always do, yes.
2: So uh, they 13, simply,
3: then? Simply because, uh, well, first you have the one better armor save, which is nice, but you also then get the six-up parry save as well. So just for one point, getting both of those benefits, to me it's always been worth it. All of my crossbowmen have been modeled with shields on them. Uh, that was the case in the last book where you still paid an extra point for the shield and I always paid that extra point. So that remains to me, uh, the same type of a choice. It's a, it's a good investment.
1: Even at, in my- uh, uh, with the shield at 13 points, is that coming up on the too expensive realm for you or is it still a good, a uh, good purchase?
3: No, I do. I, I I pay the extra point for the shields. Again, that's my preference. I want to have my crossbow units be able to defend themselves if they're charged by some type of a light cavalry unit or 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 something light that they can actually combat against. Obviously, right. they're not a elite combat unit, but if they're charged by a yeah, yeah by, by by a light chaff unit, uh, you know, they they can actually stand up for themselves a bit.
1: Right, and with these core options too, we sort of get into. Uh kind of overall list-building uh, approaches, I would think, and it seems obvious that with the Dark Elves, shooting is, you know, an absolute core to the army, where you shoot off those things that you don't want to fight, so that your fighty elements can get in where they need to get in.
2: You know, I was thinking about that, too, but I was, you know, I mean, uh, you know, ballistic skill shooting, mm-hmm. which I I don't have a problem with, but... Um, I know some people don't think it's really worth it, and it's hard to, to wipe out, especially when you've got bigger, when you're fighting bigger units. Um, so, Alex, when you are using your, your, your Peter Crossbows, you know, is there what type of things do you focus on? Do you focus on the small chaff units just to get them out of the way? Do you focus on maybe trying to do a ton of shots on the big monsters and hoping to get those sixes and just pick off a couple of wounds? I mean, where do you focus your fire? Because, you know, you're not getting half points for – for half units for half yeah. units or anything like that so where do you focus your fire
3: okay so uh, there's obviously there's a bit of game dependent situation there but in general if there is chaff units that are preventing my combat blocks to move the way that they want to move which is a primary usage for the chaff units they become a primary target for my shooting for that type of a ballistic skill shooting. Um, so that's, that's number one. Number two, uh, even though it is strength three, they do have armor piercing. So, uh, even, even small cavalry units, like a lot of people, right, like to run like a vanilla five night unit for various things. Even a unit like that taking enough shots will get reduced substantially. Mm-hmm. Um, most armies have key chaff units. That they really make good use of uh the saber tusks and ogres, for example, or the uh, dreaded eagles mm-hmm. um you know there are there are various <laughs>
2: <those eagles. laughs>
3: various uh components like that that crossbows are excellent at eliminating, having said that, there's a lot to be said for seeing a monster out there hanging on with with one wound for dear life and just throwing a bunch of shots at it, knowing that a six will wound it regardless so I mean, you got—it's all situational, of course. But in general, you want to clear out chaff that is in the way of what you're trying to accomplish with your combat blocks. And at the same time, you know, pick and choose your spots. Yes, obviously, shooting you know crossbows into a block of a hundred zombies isn't going to do a whole lot. <laughs> right. For
2: it. Right. Well, yeah. So I, I noticed here um, as I'm looking at well, I noticed like it's not obvious to everybody, but uh, each of these units can take. Uh, magic standard. That is huge. So you could literally have three magic standards because there's one dreads per unit, one black sword, uh, or bleak sword, one dark shard. So uh,
1: or, or three dark shard units, three units of ten maybe, each with a magic standard.
2: Well, no, it says uh, one oh, unit with a standard
1: bear. One only one? Oh, one, only one. One oh. unit of each type can have a magic standard. Gotcha, but
2: gotcha, you could okay. literally have three magic standards out there if you want if to. If you which, diversify. Yeah, so... Um, do you do you ever put magic standards on your core units? I mean, you know, I know a lot of people throw. It's a, a, it's a great option. A it's lot a luxury people, to have yeah, that. Option. A lot of people throw a fire, you know, yep. standard on something. But uh, what about you, Alex?
3: Well, that's that's a typical banner uh, is the um, is the flaming banner, especially on a unit of shooting. If you if you want to give it that extra ability when you're facing things that have regen, it's obviously very helpful. Uh, also on a combat unit, if you expect to get into combat with things that are, you know, obviously using regen, that's a, a benefit. There are many inexpensive banners that are pretty useful. The leadership banner is a common banner you see out there a lot. The movement banner is another cheap banner that you see a lot of. So yes, absolutely. These are banners that, that you want to make use of. Uh, the question is, are any of these units ones that you want to rush into combat? And, you know, my answer is probably not. So I don't think the movement banner, uh, on these units. Is going to be used, but these units can easily be a bunker for your level four, mm-hmm. which could also uh, be your general. So a leadership banner would make a lot of sense, and then as you mentioned, the flaming banner, of course.
2: Right. Oh my God, I'm looking at this, and I mean, I, I, I was, you know, I wasn't studying this too hard, figuring I know the basics, and you know, it, it, this is Alex's forte. Mm-hmm. You got six core units, and five of them can take banners. I didn't realize that one. Yeah, that's could,
1: nice. Yeah, I mean, and, and, it, and not to compare the the high elf can only take one Magic Banner for Spears, and that's it.
2: Yeah. As far I mean, as core.
1: I just didn't realize.
2: I'm looking at this going, wow. Because, I mean, I guess, why don't we move on to the Black Art Corsairs? Um, they've got, your once again, your basic elf, stat, uh, basic, uh, elf stats, uh, hand weapon, light armor, sea dragon cloak, so that's going to give them a four-up armor, four
1: armor save. Um, Which is the best uh, armor any field infantry can can take. Yeah, at least as far for as core. I know, right?
2: At least for core, yeah, because I don't think uh, greatswords are core for the... No, they're special. Like
3: Warriors of Chaos have better armor than that. Well, yeah,
2: ah, right, yeah. Um, they, so they got the basics. They get the four-up armor save. Um, this one, you've got the, uh, the 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 champion can take a, a brace of repeater, hand bows. Your standard bearer can have a 25-point banner. The entire unit can have an additional weapon.
3: Well, that's where that's where you got to be careful. It's not can, okay? The entire unit must oh. take one of the following. So don't be fooled by the non-point cost. Right. Uh, these things actually cost eleven points all day long.
2: Oh,
1: you're right. You're uh, right. Y-
3: you either have to take an additional hand weapon or a repeater handbow, one or the other.
1: Talk to us about the repeater handbow. That's a four, multiple shots, four quick fire weapon. Is that right?
3: It's multiple shots two. Uh, it's four. For the brace, for the champion, if you choose ah, to buy it. Okay. Uh, the the uh, the plus and the minus of it is pretty straightforward. The minus is the short range; it only has a twelve inch range. Mm. The plus is is that it's quick to fire, so you can always stand and shoot with it. Oh, nice. So it's a bit of a trade off. There, you get the shorter range, mm. but you can always stand and shoot regardless of the uh, range of the charge.
1: This is a, a strange unit because the the repeater handbows makes them kind of a defensive unit. I suppose it depends on how you how you equip them. Additional hand weapons would make them more offensive,
3: right? And that's how you typically see them. the 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 unit is typically fielded with additional hand weapons, um, and it's a it's a nice unit at you know. Then two attacks because of the two hand weapons, and now with a four plus armor save, it's a pretty decent armor save, as you mentioned, for a core infantry black. Although they're still toughness three, so that's still right. there. Uh, but in in the past. Uh, you were able to give them the um, um, the banner that made them frenzied. Mm. That banner is no longer with us, but there are several other options on making that unit frenzied which would give them an additional mm. attack as well. So this unit is able to put out a tremendous quantity of low-strength attacks.
1: This seems like a, a very solid core choice for infantry, but uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen you field this unit, which leads me to believe that you're not a believer in the Corsairs.
3: I'm, I'm not a fan of that unit versus the other option, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, that does similar to what they do, except better typically. Uh, and again, that's, that goes by preference. Uh, there, there is pluses and minuses to, right. to various, uh, things that give you the benefits, but then give you the negatives. And, and we'll get into the wood in a minute, but, um, you have more control over the Corsairs when they're not frenzied, obviously. Frenzy, can be its own worst enemy if, if properly utilized by your enemy so right uh, you know that's it's a, it's a nice pop in terms of the sheer number of attacks that you're throwing out there but also it's certainly a negative um, when it comes to being able to lead that unit around and move it out of position which you know experienced players do on a regular basis so um, I try to take those things into account but even having said that I mean, Corsairs are a style of choice. I I have never been a, a tremendous fan of them, but that's strictly personal preference and not to be seen as a fact that I don't think they're an effective unit, which they are.
1: Gotcha. Well, if anything, the models certainly are, are nice looking.
3: Very cool, very <laughs> yeah. cool, and very fluffy. I mean, the whole you know, reaver dragon cloak, uh, kind of pirate. You know, it, it, yeah. yeah, it's 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 just so much intertwined with their slave trade and everything. It's a a very fluffy choice as well, very well supported
1: in the fluff. And and we all know that you are the fluffiest of fluff players. Absolutely. all about the fluff. (laughs) Well, maybe this is a good time to transition over to the Witch Elves. Yeah, we'll come back to the Dark Riders. I know we're going in order, but we'll
2: come back to them. Let's jump over to the Witch Elves then since that was the comparison we were drawing. Now, they are also 11 points because, you know, as you pointed out, the Black Arcs are 11 points, even though it says 9, because you've got to take that other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that same 11 points, they do have one higher initiative on their stats, which I think is a huge difference when you've got ASF.
1: Sure, yeah. they o- But they also have the Frenzy, uh, Poisoned Attacks, which is oh, huge. Yeah. Uh, then they got the Madness of Cain, which we talked about
2: last episode, which I, I, I know you weren't here. I was telling Alex how much I like this rule, Madness of Cain. If you have any basically non remember before you couldn't put a non canine model right, into yep, it. Yep. Now if you do it, you can do it. But you roll a dice and on a four up, they lose their minds and they attack. Yeah, or No, on a, oh, no, a, yeah. a four up, he's fine. On a three or less, they turn on that they, yeah, model. <laughs> they lose it. So, um, nice. you know, it, it allows you the freedom to do what you want, but you got to run with the consequences then. Right. So this is this your favorite core unit, Alex?
3: Uh, it is for combat yes Um, I love witch elves I love the fluff around uh, truly I love the story around the witch elves they just I mean there's something about you know crazed sharp weapon blood covered chicks scantily clad (laughs) that that makes me happy when they kill stuff
2: so I can't disagree with you in fact I was going to point out my actual favorite picture in this entire book is on page 46 that picture of the witch elves the new the new the one that was when you bought the limited edition, she was the cover, right? This I mean, this. Yeah, it's a good. It's a gorgeous this is Everything that's awesome about hot psychotic chicks in battle. So I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to bring that up. <laughs> sure, yeah.
0: it's,
3: it, it's awesome. It's 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 a great you know it's a great fluff piece. They're very effective. Uh, they are one point higher than they were. They used to be ten. Now they're eleven. Uh, they used to be special. Now they're core. So they've certainly made them much easier to grab. Uh, the um, They've also eliminated the ability of the champion to take a gift of Cain is what they used to be able to take, but even anything, they can't take a magic weapon or any of any kind, so you can't upgrade him beyond being a champion. So they've, they've scaled that back a bit. The The higher initiative, as you pointed out, Dave, is, is good. The poison attacks is obviously good. Uh, the murder of Cain is a nice deterrent uh, for sticking any nine canite characters in there, especially characters that don't have... Uh, armor. I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to put a caster in with this unit. They're not going to survive the experience. Right. So, uh, again, the, the going, back to the, like uh, going back to the Corsair uh, comparison, mm-hmm. the Corsair block is a much more safe block to stick a character in with uh, that's not a canine character, which is basically your death hags or assassins. So, right. Uh, but I really love the Witch Elves. They do the job. They put out an absolute amazing quantity of low strength attacks, which can be augmented with, with various spells, as we know. And I just I, I just love that unit. It's it's been my mainstay combat block for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I used to run it, you know, periodically with Hellebron just to make them core. Uh, now you don't have to do that right. anymore, which makes me even happier. Uh, I'm thinking of creating even more units of them because they're, they're they're just so much fun to play. They're challenging because again they're frenzied, which means that, sure. you know, experienced players will make them overrun into weird directions and take them off and, you know, you get you get flank charged a lot, but it's 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 just a fun unit to play and and a really fun unit to see what they can do in combat when you do get them in.
1: Have you found the toughness 3, no armor to be um, a challenge?
3: Yes, which is why you have to take a sizable block of them. If you if you take a small unit of them, they don't survive very long.
1: Sizable is what, like a horde of forty or forty plus.
3: Forty is what I typically is what I've typically fielded in the past. Um, Obviously, one of the advantages they have is if you stick a cauldron in there, they get the five up ward save. But the cauldron is so much more expensive now that you know that creates its own challenge. Right.
2: They get a fifty point banner as well too,
3: so. 25. So you can, so typically the way I used to feel them is, is I used to give them the banner of murder mm-hmm. from the old book, which was an armor piercing banner that was only 25 points. So that banner is no longer available. So now if you want to give them that banner, there's still that banner in the regular book, but it yeah. costs 45 points. Right. Which you can give them, but it's kind of expensive. I think the movement banner on them would make a lot of sense.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. To
3: help them get into combat quicker. Uh, the armor piercing banner still makes some sense, but it's really expensive at 45. So there's there's definitely some options uh, to field the banner with them, but I think those two jump out at me as, as some very useful banners for them.
1: I, I think your banner choice would probably be driven in part by what, uh, again, army build, overall army build uh, choices and your magic lore. Because I, I, your magic lore and what you choose will, uh, I think, be pivotal in how it affects this horde.
2: Yeah. Well, well Alex, if you got a 2,400-point list, which is kind of what we generally typically play, mm-hmm. I mean... You're not going to go and make one big 600 point block of witch elves, are you? Or, or maybe you are. I don't know. But I mean, it, I don't know if you you know need some I extra. Mean,
3: well, it depends. The short answer is yes, I would. Uh, it, okay, it's, it's obviously a dangerous um, way to create an army list where 25 of your points are tied, 25 of your points are tied up in one unit. But two things: number one, it's 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 a very very powerful unit. Number two, it's you got to put the point somewhere. So you have a choice of going. I mean, this army lends itself to MSU, mm-hmm. no problem. So if that's you know if that's the goal, then by all means, let's put out fifteen, twenty small units out there and give them the death by a thousand paper cuts. Right. I mean, that's certainly a very valid play style for dark elves, no doubt about it. Um, but I, I I really like to have at least one combat unit. And my combat unit has always been the Witch Elves. Uh, again, it, they're not necessarily the only way to go, for sure. There's many other options there, and we'll be talking about them, but, but the, the Witch Elves are just my unit of choice. I just really like them. I don't know why, I just do. What,
1: what things do you see on the other side of the table that, when you when you see them, you think, uh-oh, that's going to be trouble for my Witch Elves?
3: Uh, seven or eight units of noblars. <laughs>
1: To prevent that unit from getting into combat, yeah, you right? know that
3: that unit isn't going to be able to do a darn thing that entire game, Yeah. and there won't be anything I'll be able to do about it. Which right. is which is the frustrating part of
1: having a unit like that. But this is where the frenzy comes into play.
3: Well, absolutely, because yeah. they'll they'll stack those units directly in front, and you know I can choose. To spend the entire game maneuvering around them, or I can charge them; they'll flee. Or, or if they don't have room anymore after a while, then they just let them make the contact and angling them, making them overrun into various directions, and right. you know, taking a charge of more frames in the flank.
1: Hmm. Okay,
2: yeah, that's so a That would that's... that
3: would be something I would dislike. Uh, you know, four units of four units of dogs with with blood crusher sitting there is another unpleasant scenario for this unit. Yeah, uh, an absolute. You know, huge quantity of ballistic shooting, like you know, a hundred skinks across from you, would be unpleasant for this (laughs) unit. So there, there are definitely a number of things that that unit does not want to see, and that's again, everything has its pluses and minuses.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Um, So let's let's run over to Dark Riders. Uh, Sixteen points a model. Uh, The riders have the ASF. They're fast, cav, uh, spear, and light armor. So a five-up save with the Spears. So Spears give them plus one on the charge, right? Correct. So they get strength four on the charge.
1: Rerolling those ones to hit or ones to wound. wound.
2: Uh, One point for shields, and it doesn't say that if they take it, that they're no longer fast cav, which they would remain fast cav. Which is good because I know a lot of the other books say if you take that, you lose it. So you can give a four-up save uh, fast cav. And you can give them repeater crossbows now, Alex. Do you take the shields or the repeater crossbows, or do you even bother to take Dark Riders? <laughs> uh,
3: I do take Dark Riders. They're a terrific unit. Uh, I never took the shields before because they would lose fast cav in the old book, uh, It's made to. them completely useless for me. Yeah. So you know, now no one I know took that upgrade. Uh, they will be taking that upgrade now, I believe, because number one, the models did go down in price by by one point exactly. Mm-hmm. So. At 17 points with shields, they cost exactly what they used to. Also, uh, crossbows used to be five points. I used to actually not take them a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but at three points, they are worth it. So basically, uh, the way that it's pointed out right here, at 20 points, you get a dark rider with shield, with crossbow, which is a very good price for, for that unit. Um, I actually think you're going to see, I mean, you, you, you've always seen plenty of them, but I think if anything, you'll see even more. Um, so. Yeah, it's a mainstay of the Army for sure.
2: So a unit of five winds up being 100 points then. Do you take command or – I mean, I I don't have a lot of cav to take, and I remember in seventh when you had fast cav. I don't have any in my Army. uh, You would take fast cav. You would take, you know, just a musician. So that way when you flee, you can rally. Do you still just take a musician or do you –
3: Well, you you always want to take a musician for sure because uh, one of the main – uses of fast cab as the flea, you know, maneuver. Right. So, you know, for them to, to then rally, uh, you know, with their base leadership eight, it makes a huge difference. So yeah, you always take a musician. Uh, and these days, I think that, uh, the standard becomes a, a good, uh, a good item to take as well, uh, for two reasons. One is obviously because of the fortitude, uh, scenarios that are, you know, abundant. And the other is, is that it's just, uh, it's just not nearly as big of a deal anymore to lose a banner like it used to be.
1: Right, there you go. Used to be what a hundred points. Now it's twenty-five.
3: Well, it used to be a hundred points. Now it's only twenty-five. And you know, let's face it, those units die. So, right. so you know, you don't, you didn't want to lose that that kind of point total. Every banner you know.
2: was a hundred points. Hundred points. yeah. In seventh. Yep. Did I totally forget that rule? Like, it it
1: just, seems like an age ago, right? But yeah.
2: Well, I mean, every once in a while, I remember we were talking a few episodes ago, and you're like, "Wait, that was a
1: rule?" <laughs> was yeah. Like... Seventh edition seems like yeah. Oh, Ancient I totally history. forgot that every banner was 100 points. Yeah. I totally forgot that. Yeah, for 10 points, it's uh, it's almost a no-brainer, I think.
2: Yeah.
3: It is these days. Yes, absolutely. And yep. and that's uh, and that's why I think you're going to see more and more units of that type have banners on them because they're not painful anymore to lose, and they're pretty useful.
1: You know, the other important thing about this unit, which is uh, related to the hero section, which I know you guys covered in a, in a separate recording, the, the hero m- uh, mount for... Um, these steeds is a fast cav option. So you Correct. can put a hero on a, on a steed and stick him in this unit, and the whole unit will remain fast-calf. You know,
2: and I don't think we had that discussion at all. So we can talk about that now if you want, because Alex, oh, I okay. don't think, because we kind of went through the lords and the heroes, and we talked about who was good to take, but there was no... Discussion on mounts. And I think we kind of, we were we were drawn to the our, our time limit, sure, so... Sure. I figured we could just save that until we yeah, got to we can to touch this. on that now.
1: It just adds a nice bit of flexibility if you want to kit out a certain character and uh, uh, vanguard him and have him move around in the backfield.
2: And which, now which, which, uh, okay, yeah, which is the mounts, So That's on uh, 87. Yeah, okay. And that's the...
1: Darksteed Fast Cavalry. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. I, I don't know about you, Alex, but I like that option a lot. Uh, it's a lot of flexibility for your character builds then to have that Fast Cav option
3: it is it's neat uh my only question would be i mean it's a neat option but then the question becomes what's the what's the advantage of the option if if uh if you i mean usually you're using your fast cav as you know light shooting and primarily to either uh you know misdirect or flee from their combat blocks by setting up your own charges and then picking off you know war machines perhaps or or things of that nature i'm not really sure that that's a great use of a character uh, dark elf characters mounted on on uh, on dark you know steeds mm-hmm. they're not overwhelming in combat in my well, no, eyes I don't think,
1: I don't think they have to be uh, you know with the, with the with the goblin wolf riders they have the same thing and a lot of uh characters that I that I build you know have like the two up ward versus flaming or the uh the charm shield so their duties include you know holding up a kadai for a turn or two or war machine hunting uh, that sort of thing
3: Right. The difference is, is that that goblin guy is probably costing you, you know,
1: he's um, 50, around eighty, eighty-five or points or something.
3: Eighty-five points, probably fully mounted and kit. It. Right. Whereas this guy is going to cost you seventy plus a uh, plus. So he's eighty points naked. Hmm. By the time you kit him out, you know he'll be costing you somewhere in the hundred and twenty range. All of a sudden, I mean, still not a huge expense, but you know, but you sort of want to roll him away.
2: Sure. Well, and he's he at 120. He's the cost of the whole Dark Rider unit for the five models, with the musician and a banner. I'm assuming. Did we say whether or not did, I did? I'm assuming no champion. Only because it just gives you the one pip of ballistic skill.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't take. I don't take a champion usually in that in that
1: unit. So yeah, so he costs as much as the whole unit, 120 points. I, I just like the option for the heroes to be able to have that fast cav well, option and it, there.
2: And it's nice because they can vanguard, they can get out there, and then you can charge him out of the unit if you want to. Right. You can throw him at something. So, I, you, I mean, you could get him to a really good ar- armor save, too. So,
1: And that character individually can do that uh, flee and reform maneuver as well. Sure. So. I mean, it seems cool. Like I said, I... I I don't
2: even use fast game, so I, don't, I have no You're experience Dave. I don't have any options. Part of the game. Dwarves don't move fast, and, and uh, I don't have any uh, in the VCR. Yeah, so they so. should make a
1: slow cav option for dwarves. <laughs> so that's core. So should we take a break? Yeah, uh, let's take a break and come back,
2: and then we got th- 13 special units to cover. So we will be right back. Stick around.
0: Death Hags, known as the Daughters of Despair, formed the Ruling Council of Har Ganeth. Legend tells that while Hellebron's beauty is bought with the lifeblood of her victims, the Daughters of Despair are not so afflicted. They wear masks not to hide their ugliness from the world, but rather to conceal their own youthful appearance from jealous and wrathful mistress.
2: All right, we are back with the nine, not 13 special units. It seems that I have lost the ability to count past ten. <laughs> that's because I have socks on, so counting past ten. Socks. Well, Is I that got, restricting
1: your blood flow to your brain?
2: Well, no, I got ten fingers. I can't. Oh, I have trouble past ten with my socks reference. on. I can count to 21 if I'm unclothed, but that's a different
1: story. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow. All right, so special oh units, Dark Elves. Moving on, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Let's talk about Cold One Knights. 30 points per model, strength 6 on the charge. Uh, ALS, the ASF will really help guarantee those strength 6 hits. And uh, Cold Ones have two attacks now apiece, which makes it uh, not a, not bad. I know Alex, you and I talked about this unit off-air a little bit. Uh, you were kind of down on them, but uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe in a unit of 5 on the flank, they could do some wounds to a monster or something um, and threaten a broad spectrum of enemies versus Dragon Princes, which Two attacks apiece. I think they hit uh, more precisely, but perhaps not as hard. What do you think?
3: I'm not a fan of the unit uh, at the new point, totals. Uh, they, they bump up the, they bumped up the price by three points. I, they were already fairly expensive in my eyes at 27 points. Now they're a full 30 points. And rather than give the extra attack to the cold one night, which I think would have made a lot more sense and made it much more palatable, at least in my opinion, instead they gave the additional attack to the cold one, which, you know, rather than having an additional strength six on the charge, Mm -hmm. Initiative 6, Weapon Skill 5 attack. What you instead got is a Weapon Skill 3, Initiative 2, Strength 4 attack.
1: But that extra Wait. attack on the knight, unless it was pointed appropriately, would be almost too much. Because yeah. you'd be rerolling that one to wound.
2: Because I think that three points also has something to do with the ASF and the, and the hey murderous prowess and all these other things. But, but, it, you got. but again,
1: it depends on if it's pointed appropriately, then yeah. it'd be even more expensive, I think, if, if that knight had two attacks. That's just my opinion.
3: Well I guess the the game meta will determine how effective they are by how often we see them on the playing surface mm-hmm. my My guess is is that Cold One nights are not going to be a very common sight, so I'm on record
2: Okay, and I'm just looking at this again, and any unit that is a ranked up unit that they can take banners too, it's like everybody can take a banner
1: yeah fifty points and this do doesn't that. say
2: one unit, not that you would take multiple cold one night units fifty point banner for the cold one nights blackguard can take a fifty point banner executioners can take a fifty point banner, obviously shades can't, but you show sure. you know, their their skirmishers, the chariot can't they, they just i mean you could give anybody in this game pretty much a banner, which is I'm just bringing it up because it's you just can't on just about any other army. Mm-hmm. Right. That is
3: is unusual, but let's keep two things in mind before we get overly excited about this option. Number one, the only banner in this Army book itself is a 100-point unbreakable banner. Right. Okay, so there is no banners in this book that are usable by the units, whether you want it to or not. They're just not point available.
1: Can we just call that banner the unusable banner?
3: Uh, If you wish, but (laughs) but certainly if somebody were to use it, it would have to be a BSB carrying it. So no unit could possibly take that banner just for the point value so there is no banners usable in the book itself so the only banners that all of these units have access to are the banners out of the main book which every army has access to now more units in this book to your point they can actually take them but the, the the point remains there's no there's no dramatic banners like the you know what's that banner chris i always forget the name it's uh it's at the tip of my tongue it's that high elf thing that
1: uh oh banner of the uh banner of the cheater
2: dragon yeah, what was the it? World yeah, I always forget that. Oh, banner, but,
1: oh know, is the dark like Jealousy that. rears its ugly head. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, 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 but that my, must be it. Your my face. point
2: on that wasn't so much that every unit would have a banner, because suddenly, you, I mean, you already got an elite army. If you give everybody banners. Suddenly, you're just taking away points. You're taking more bodies off the field to have banners. My point is the versatility. However, you want to play your army, whatever unit your is your little favorite to field. They, you know, if you, can you customize, it. yeah, if you've yeah. got a favorite banner, like remember when everyone was taking the flaming banner because everyone had to kill the the hell pit or whatever it was, or the, or the Hydra, the old Hydra, right? And you know, I have, you know, I can put a banner on. You know, like my skeletons, I could put a banner with my uh, blackguard. That's pretty much the banners. Here, no matter what flavor of Dark Elf I like to play, I can give them that banner. And that's that was my only point, is just the the complete versatility and variety of whoever I put on the field... I can give them the banner that I want that I feel needs to be on the field. Not that you
1: do have every unit uh, have a banner, but the option to mix and match.
2: Right. Yeah. The option. It's, it's not like oh, if I need this banner, I have to take this. You like like would you say? High elves. They can only be the what unit? The spearmen. The spears. Yeah. You. If you need a banner, you have to take spearmen. That. And if you don't like your spearmen, then
1: you don't get tough. the banner.
2: Yeah. Right. Whereas here, whoever I like gets a banner. So that that yeah, was my nice. point. Basically, is just. I think that's fantastic. That's you know that's that's a little that's a little jealousy I guess maybe coming through. But I just I, <laughs> I didn't notice it before and now it's like wow everybody can do that right. So and the cold one nights are two up armor save right. Yes. So yeah that's not bad and then they can take a magic weapon for the champion. Now before it was a magic item. Am I correct?
3: Yes, and that and that's another uh, interesting change because there was a nice. Now we talked about magic items in an earlier segment, so there's not nearly as much of a of a uh, selection there to begin with. But in general, it was really nice to be able to throw some type of a protective item on the champion if you wanted to, something that uh, gave them either magic resistance or you know whatever kind of a of a defensive item as well. Now your only option is a magic weapon, and that's right. up to 25 points. Yeah,
1: before being able to- think enchanted items was nice. Plus three strength or plus three toughness, something like that. Yeah. You don't get that option anymore.
2: I kind of, no, I was, I just went under the assumption that they were going fluffy with this as far as just like these guys are stone killers. Like they're in combat to kill and to fight. So it's a weapon. You're getting a weapon. uh, Something to increase your killing ability.
1: I just, that was what I assumed. But at 25 points, when you could take a lance at strength six, I, I don't know if. Personally, I don't know if I would exercise that option.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, there's other things, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. that you could do, you know, if you wanted. Once again, the option is there. You can add that little bit of flavor. You know, you can throw on him, a, the, you know, the, what is it, the Initiative 10 right? sword or something like that if you want to, or, you know. I mean, it just sure. depends on Plus your one on one sword style. or something. The yeah. fact that you have that option there. I was just saying I thought that being weapon only was just... Because there's a couple of guys who can do it. I mean, it's not just him.
1: Yeah. For the record, Dragon Prince champions are the same. Oh, okay. They're just a weapon only.
2: Blackguard, not shades. Yeah, Blackguard can do it too. Well, let's let's talk about the Blackguard. Blackguard then. of Nagaron. Now they also have the uh, same stats uh, or similar stats to the Cold One Knights. Um, you know, initiative six, two attacks on these guys, fifteen points of pop. Uh, he can take a magic weapon for the champion. They can have a fifty-point banner. They're immune to psych, uh, stubborn, and they got halberds and heavy armor. So they're uh, strength four, five up armor save, stubborn. Um, now wait, blackguard, fluff wise, these guys are the these guys are Malakith's personal guard, right? Isn't that what they're supposed to be?
3: They're they're the elite of the army. They're not necessarily just his personal guard. They're okay. they're uh, they're in other towns as well. But they're the elite. Sometimes he gives them to the city governors. But uh, in general, they are the elite of the army. The elite of the elite.
1: Now these guys used to be like the units uh, as far as uh, being on the tabletop. They used to be really tough. Uh, now they're still, I think, decent. Uh, are they as good?
3: well let's start with the fact that they went up two points, so they used to be thirteen points apiece now they're fifteen points the The champion lost the ability to take magic uh, items and can only take a magic weapon like we discussed earlier with the uh cold one knights as well they're they're stubborn that's their thing and the one thing they did do is they removed the max models that they used to have you, the blackguard used to only be fielded up to twenty right which which limited their um because, is, because you know. yeah 20 is you know if you want a horde of them that's kind of uh, right. a small number right. by today's standards so that's no longer there they're 10 plus so you can field as many of them as you like they're more expensive uh i think they're infinitely usable they're a terrific unit mm-hmm. uh there are also a number of ways to you know uh Pump them up either by having characters join them or giving them various ways of of making them frenzied, for example, and so forth. so I think they're a very usable unit uh, they're certainly very tough in combat. Uh, keep in mind they have the actual eternal hatred rule
2: yeah, I was just mention that
3: even if you're fighting whoever something with really high initiative or or canceling ASF uh, they still reroll in every turn, no matter what.
2: Yeah, I was going to mention that it's like them in two characters, so that's that's actually that's the one thing that I saw that seemed really nice with these guys. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they always reroll no matter what they're rerolling to hit and and uh um, again, they're they're a they're a very very strong unit and they're stubborn. And that's important because on even on their own leadership 9, you know, that makes them stay there and and, you know, take care of business so you don't right. necessarily have to you don't worry about them fleeing on you. You'll have to literally whittle them down, although with only Armor f- armor uh, 5 right. and uh, Toughness 3, you do get whittled down.
1: Sure. Well, it depends on how big the unit is. If it's 30 guys, that's 30 wounds that you have to inflict You know, to get past that unit. It seems like a good um, uh, unit to place on the flank to, to anchor that flank. It's That's a solid
3: choice. Yeah. they are a solid choice. You see them in a lot of armies. I think you're going to continue to see them. They're There's they're certainly nothing to sneeze at, and your opponents will have to account for them. Otherwise, they may be in for for quite a shock.
1: An unpleasant surprise. Huh? <laughs> right. You know, these guys struck me as uh, the, the High Elf uh, special infantry choices rolled up all into one. Phoenix Guard, White Lions, and Swordmasters. Because they kind of pull traits from all three of those, in that they're stubborn, like White Lions... Strength 4, like Phoenix Guard, and 2 attacks apiece, like Swordmasters. They're more expensive, but they kind of pull attributes from all three see of those. I what saying. Hmm. So, yeah, I like those guys. And the new models are, are pretty cool, too. Yeah,
2: the new models are pretty nice. All right, uh, let's move along. Um, the, the shades with the Ballistic Skill of Ridiculous um, coming in. There are 16 points a model... Hand weapon, repeater, crossbow. Uh, scout skirmishers can have an additional hand weapon or a great weapon for two points, and you can give them light armor for a point. Uh, these guys seem great to me. Am I am I wrong or?
3: No, no. The, shade, the Shades have always been a mainstay of the Army, and you're going to continue to see them. They remain pretty much the same. The stats are all the same. 16 points is the same. Uh, the Great Weapons were always two points. The Extra hand Weapon used to be one point. Now it's two points, so that went up a point. The one thing that was surprising is that Shades can now take full command. That That has never happened before. Um, so that's uh, that's a, a nice uh, a nice feature there. I think you're actually, if anything, I think you're actually going to end up seeing more shades because uh, their pricing stayed the same. They have more options, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, they're just a terrific unit. So I think that uh, I think you're going to see plenty of shades out there. That's for certain.
1: What would be a typical shade unit build for you?
3: Well, I like to have the way I used to run them is I used to run two units of five. Mm. So small units that are flexible, I can throw out there on the flanks. I can use them to uh, do some war machine hunting if necessary. They have excellent ballistic mm-hmm. shooting. So even those pesky skirmishers that are normally tough to shoot up are not a problem for these guys typically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're very, very useful that way. Uh, as I'm looking at it now, and I was actually thinking about this when I was looking at the book earlier, I actually thought that uh, there would be absolutely nothing wrong taking a larger unit Giving them uh, full command, or at least a muso and a standard bearer, and you know using them as a little bit more of an aggressive unit, not just strictly a you know run and gun kind of a unit. So, I, I think you're going to see plenty of shades. They're they're an excellent unit.
1: So you're talking a, a horde of shades with great weapons. <laughs> I don't know,
3: <laughs> but but uh, um, you know I certainly could see a, a unit of of fourteen. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, where you have two ranks of seven skirmished out there with a banner that can, uh, you Scout know, with an additional hand weapon or yeah. with great weapons or maybe one unit with this and one unit with that. Right. I mean, they can certainly take out chaff and their shooting is very, very serious.
2: Do you try to keep them in or around the forest to help out with their, you know, because since they're skirmishers and they get bonuses for combat in the forest?
3: If that's if that's available, absolutely. I mean, I I definitely keep that in mind, especially when someone is deploying a block of troops across from a forest and starts aggressively moving them forward. I have no problem sticking a skirmisher unit in there and giving them a tempting charge, not thinking about what will happen when they do charge, because obviously the block will then lose ranks, not be steadfast anymore, whereas the skirmishers will gain that. So I I absolutely take advantage of it when possible.
1: It's important, I think, if you set that trap, you've got to counter-charge with something good because Shade's as good as they are, you know, being toughness three, not a lot of armor. They're not going to stand up for a long time against anything with a lot of combat punch.
3: Agreed. I mean, obviously, if it's a unit of warriors, we're not going to be doing this.
2: (laughs) Now, now do you you even bother to take the light armor or do you let them go naked?
3: I I don't. I, I never give them the light armor. Uh, I give them the extra hand weapon that's that's usually what I what I give them because the things that I'm normally asking them to fight in combat are things that they you know should be able to handle with low strength I I have actually considered giving them great weapons in the past now that they have the ASF it might actually be useful to do so
2: oh yeah cuz it's still going to hit first a lot of times with the initiative yeah. 5 nice all right. Okay. The let's you know let's go to the executioners since we're going to we're running through foot soldiers and we'll come back to the chariot. So the executioners strength 4. Uh, 12 points a model, killing blow, heavy armor, great weapons, so strength 6. And they can also take a banner up to 50 points.
1: Leadership 9, too.
2: Yeah, leadership 9. So, yeah, Blackguard, well, I mean cold one nights black guard everyone on the special units paid so far except for the shades has been leadership 9 which is nice uh 12 points of pop now they got they have the asf and the great weapon so they're striking at initiative 5 so uh, these guys just seem so good to me like i know you didn't see them often in the last one
1: because they were always hitting last yeah this these guys definitely took a big step up I think it's uh, one of the best uh, killing units out there for for the Dark Elves.
3: I agree. I think they're a terrific choice now for several reasons. Number one, as you mentioned, they stayed at the same point total while gaining ASF, so they're no longer getting mowed down like wheat before they even get to swing.
1: Yeah, 12 points seems like an absolute bargain for these guys.
3: Right. Well, that's what they were costing before, going last. Right. So now all of a sudden, same price, now they're going in Initiative 5, which... Unless you're fighting some real elite stuff, you're pretty much going first, which makes a huge difference. You're hitting with Strength 6, Killing Blow, Mm -hmm. and you have Murderous Prowess, which is a nice step for a high-strength attack, because you're re-rolling a lot of your wounds that are ones. And again, you can take a Magic Banner, as Dave pointed out, Mm -hmm. on pretty much everything, including these guys. The one Again, at the same point total, to have an additional uh, point of leadership is also nice. Why not? So... In general, I think this unit took a major step forward. I think you're going to see plenty of them out there, and I think it's a very, very solid unit. Again, you have several options on making them frenzied if you choose. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a solid unit. You'll see plenty of executioners out there.
2: Would you give these guys like a razor standard or something like that?
3: You can give them a number of different things. You can give them that. You can give them a flaming standard if you think that would be helpful. A movement banner would be nice for a unit that you're trying to throw into combat as quickly as possible. So, yeah, there's definitely some options for banners.
2: I was just thinking Razor because at strength six, you know, suddenly you're doing minus four to an armor save. So, you know, normal heavy cav is going, dropping down to a six-up armor save. Right. And then your one-plus stupidity that you're facing, the giant monstrosities, this thing's taking them down to a five-up armor save, which suddenly a nice big block of these executioners are taking down those things that scare the hell out of me with my army. Mm. So that, that's why Razor Standard popped into my head. This is that, you know, when you've got something this strong that's hitting that fast. I mean, at Initiative 5, you know, they're not striking, like you said, they're not striking last, so they're not all getting cut down. That was my first thought. But these guys, who I've never played, I've never, I mean, I've played a, a lot of games against Dark Elves. I've never oh, played Oh, I've played six. them
1: a handful of times. Jake Murphy likes to, to field these it, from the old book. So now that, mm-hmm. uh, they're usable in the new book, I'm sure. You know, I, I, He's in well, good position.
2: I might have played him against Chris, might have, but I don't think I did because I think I'd remember because I knew he hated fielding him because he the had models to, Yeah, the models, he him. had to yeah. pin all those swords and he right. just got pissed and said, forget it. Right. The what swords,
3: well, I'll, speaking of the models, I did want to mention that briefly. Uh, the old models had the sword problem, but in general, I thought it looked pretty cool, although staticky in the way that they were all in the same exact shape. Right. Uh, with, you know, metal models being what they are. But these new executioner models, I think, are, are a nice step forward, except for I'm really not digging the masks. For whatever reason, they're just, you know, they just don't work for me aesthetically. I think that I would have to swap the heads in order to make these things function for me.
1: Do you see yourself fueling executioners? Because I don't think I've seen you It'll, fuel these either. Oh, yeah,
3: I do. I mean, I think that, that a unit of these things, I have, I think, 30 executioners, and I would... Have absolutely no hesitation in bumping that number up to forty and, right. and throwing them out there. I think that they're a terrific option for a combat block. They're putting out a tremendous amount of high strength attacks, and and because uh, uh, I'm seeing them with either a Hag in there or maybe a Cauldron in there, or or uh, I mean, there's there's definitely some options. You can either throw Tolaris in there, who'll give them frenzy and fits right in, and oh, uh, at 155 points is a pretty inexpensive choice. So
1: uh, yeah, it I seems mean, like. Yeah, uh... it, a horde of these guys would be would be a good competition for a horde of witch elves in terms of a combat block.
3: Correct. And and e, again, slightly different in what they do in right. terms of, you know, a larger number of lower strength attacks versus a smaller number of attacks but at a much higher strength. So a little difference, but but in general, if you're facing a high armor uh opponent, uh I mean these these things are terrific enablers.
2: giving them frenzy in a horde 40 attacks taking away all your armor save, hitting you before you get a chance, re-rolling the hit. And then if they get any ones, they re-roll the wound, which just ups your chance of hitting that damn killing blow, which against things like Cav and stuff like that, you know. It's good times. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way to put it.
3: Oh, yeah. As as mentioned, I mean, they're, they're a solid choice. You're going to see them plenty. I mean, it, it, yeah. it it's it's definitely a good choice and, and a very solid option. Uh, good fluff-wise also. I mean, if you're going with the whole canine feel, I mean, this army, you know, certainly can feel that, and these guys fit right in. So, yeah, absolutely.
2: This is the unit that takes apart your Banner of the World Dragon dragon. Prince. Oh, and I would never see combat with that unit. You'd run, you'd yeah, do. there's no way. <laughs> there's no More way. Yeah.
1: Uh, but it, it, not to mention magic. I mean, you can buff these guys in different ways depending on which lore you take. Oh, sure. I mean, th- the possibilities are endless. Sure. And someone had pointed out, and I heard someone mentioning this.
2: It might have been Ben Curry, which I hadn't even thought about, is because, you know, ASF and ASL and stuff don't stack. Mm. Because they have the great weapons and they have the ASF, they're fighting initiative order. So you throw something like your Phoenix into them. Which gives them the ASL? I never would, but it, okay. But I'm saying, okay, well, yeah. or you know, they, they, they get chaffed up or something. Yeah. and He manages to set it up so he gets it in there. Right. They it doesn't the ASF or the ASL doesn't affect him. That he's mm. th- from the Phoenix because they've got always strikes last from the great, so weapons, the great always weapon, always strikes first. Right, right. And once those cancel, the other one doesn't stack. You can't add another ASF or ASL. Mm-hmm. So they're still hitting an initiative order, even when people throw. Because there's other things. I mean, I've got. All sorts of things. I know there's stuff in the in the uh, vampire army that can give your stuff ASF and ASL and things like that, and it just nope doesn't doesn't
1: affect them. They're going to hit an initiative order no matter what right. because of that that combo canceling them out. Well, something that, you know, like uh, the lore of light spell, speed of light, yep. you know, get e- extra attack and double their movement. It was, I think would be gold for oh. this type of unit. <laughs> and if they're frenzied, then they get the
2: speed of light. Yeah. So that be yeah. yeah. That's that's getting that's crazier a lot of and crazier. Oh, okay. Let's flip the page here. Oh no, wait. We let's flip the page. We missed the chariot. So, uh, the cold one chariot. uh hundred and fifteen points. Spears, repeater crossbow, scythe chariot causes fear. uh stupidity because it's being dragged by cold ones. It is a strength five, toughness five, four wound chariot. Um,
1: it's got a three up armor save too, which I mean ain't bad for a chariot, right? Oh, I think it's great. That plus the toughness five, I think, makes this the char- this this chariot very usable.
3: It is usable, but it is fifteen points higher now than it used to be. Mm. I'm assuming that the reason for the increased points is because the two cold ones pulling it now have two attacks apiece as opposed to one. Uh, so, oh, it's that's also, that I think
1: the murderous prowess may factor into that from the crew. Uh,
3: that's the other thing is that the murder's prowess is very useful on on a a chariot so i think that i think that the the cold one chariots have always been a solid choice i mean they're not game-breaking but they're very very solid they're tough they have a good armor save and uh um you know they cause fear and immune to psychology because of the stupidity so i mean they're they're definitely solid choices if you have a combat army that wants some chariots for some supporting pop they're they're definitely a very, very solid option, always has been. So we've seen them out there plenty, and uh, I think we're going to continue to see them.
2: All right. Uh, you know Let's take a, a look at the other chariot then, the Scourge Runner chariot. Uh, this is a 5-up armor save, strength 4, toughness 4, because this is pulled by Dark Steeds, so it's not—it's obviously not the cold ones pulling it. So, oh, I didn't think about that. The cold ones, they get the different armor saves, so that would account for that. Uh, and this thing has that Ravager harpoon in it, which we talked about last episode. That's the Strength 7 bolt thrower, isn't it?
3: Yes. But keep in mind that that bolt thrower, yes, it has Strength 7, but it only has a 24-inch range. So it's got a shorter range than a regular bolt thrower, uh, and... Uh the other issue is is that this chariot is nowhere near as resilient at only toughness 4 and 5 op armor but it costs 150 points so it's 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 pretty darn expensive and basically the the harpoon or the the bolt thrower if you will is its only saving grace so uh again it it it's certainly usable if you have a shooting army and you want to have a little bit more punch with more bolt throwers this is a way to add it but uh, to me um it, it was kind of interesting when we discussed it with the lore choices because I think when you combine it with a Beastmaster with his ballistic skill of seven, that harpoon becomes very very accurate. As a regular option, it's nowhere near as as interesting to me right. for the
1: a, a
3: BS4. yeah. Again, that's that's strictly my opinion on how I see it utilized.
2: Well, I was I I was kind of thinking the same thing for the extra for the extra. Po- you're paying a lot of extra points for that bolt thrower. And you're losing a lot of other stuff in the process, which is basically the fact that it can stick around. And you're paying so a lot of points for a lot for, for that exchange. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've hit our first pseudo clunker in this in the uh, <laughs> special units here. Um. All right, let's jump. Well, okay, harpies, fifteen points. They haven't changed at all, have they?
3: Uh, oh yeah, they the harpies took a massive step back.
2: Oh okay. The, what so did they miss?
3: first of all, the harpies used to be core. Hmm. Oh, okay. okay, even even though they didn't count towards your core core minimum, they were a core choice. So you can take as many as you you know you oh. please. Now they're special. Uh they went up in cost from eleven to fifteen, which is quite a large jump.
1: Oh yeah. That's like elite infantry costs there.
3: Right. And the one the other thing is is the old harpies used to have this special beast rule, which basically prevented them from causing panic in any other units in the army oh. other than other harpies.
1: Oh, that's gone. Now, so, huh?
3: so they were, they were very, very useful in baiting and, and fleeing through their own troops. They never caused panic. Nobody cared if they died or ran through them. Whereas now those rules are all gone mm-hmm. and they're, they're basically a 15 point flyer. So, I mean, not saying they're not useful. They're still plenty useful, but they're far more expensive and don't have nearly as much of an appeal as they used to do.
2: Okay, so my saying they didn't change, I was just looking at the stats, thinking they hadn't changed, but stats
3: stats are identical,
2: yes. But yeah, so but other than that little part, my statement was horribly wrong. So.
1: And the apparent effect that they could have on your army now is massive.
2: Yeah, well, this is like when the this is that, that this is that's silly. Like that rule shouldn't have gone away, especially since they went up in points. I think they should have kept that rule personally because that's like when you have your your chaos warhounds and they panic your chaos warriors off the board. You know, right. Oh no, the dogs ran away!
1: Run! Well, it, they're really close to those animals. Oh, so, you know, the, who knows? Well, yeah, maybe it gets cold on those evenings. But, but, but there is there something the to be said use. for a flying unit, a flying chaff unit that you can get in the way. You know, fast cab are nice, but I, the ability to fly, I think, is its own uh, positive.
3: No question. And I think, as I said, uh, you will still see these units, I believe. I just don't think they're nearly as, you know, if before you were bringing two and possibly three of these, I think these days, and again, strictly going by my view on it, Probably one unit of these things is going to right. be what I'll be fielding.
2: Unit of five. Oh. Go yeah. hunt war machines with it and stuff like that. That's-
3: war machines are as redirectors right. as Chris said because of the flying capability, they have much more flexibility and how you can get in the way of things. But in general, uh, yeah, again, I was pretty disappointed by the uh, the downturn for the harpies.
2: Oh, doke. joke. And then the Reaper Bolt Thrower, which is, well, I mean, pretty much exactly the same as the. Uh, the, the the high, the high one, yeah
1: it's Isn't yeah, it? it is the
2: same yeah yeah it's just the, the crew's got ASF hatred and murderous prowess or hatred high Out, so mm. um this got cheaper and I, I now I'm hearing people saying they're going to start fielding more of these
3: well you didn't see the other ones very much because right. at a hundred points a piece they were really really expensive right. and and you know there was just, you were just basically handing off an awful lot of points. Now at 70 points, you're going to start to see them. I don't think you're still going to see a murderer's row of them out there, but I would be definitely, you know, expecting to see one or two of these in army lists just because they're they're great for hunting monsters and they have the capability of doing the multi-shot. So either way, at 70 points with Ballistic Skill 4, I think is much more in line. Much more reasonable, pointed, and I think that we'll, we'll, we'll definitely start to see it, whereas before you just never saw it.
1: Yeah, for, for 70 points, it's a great buy. I mean, it's a versatile, it packs a punch from range, and if your opponent wants to go get it, it's only netting them 70 points.
2: I guess that's one of the things is it, it suddenly causes an issue, and i got to go after it, and I'm, I'm wasting time going after means. a 70 point yeah, unit. Yeah. Right. And um, what was I going to ask about this? Oh, I totally forgot. It couldn't have been that important, could it? So. All right. Well, then uh let's move on to the last uh option here before we take our next break and that's the Hydra. Uh strength 5, toughness 5, 5 wounds, three attacks plus the number of heads it's got left or whatever uh 160 points. This is a this is a, a completely different animal. I mean literally a completely different animal. Well,
1: before it was uh you know, the best monster I think that you could you could get on in the game. Oh, uh, it was so undercosted. I was, mean, everyone knows. Yeah. I it know, was how, ch- it how was cheap silly. it was for what you got,
2: but now it's got and you know what and I like, I, I, I really like this Hydra. I know people who play Dark Elves. This is one of those things where when you played it before, it's like this one's not as good as the old one. So, but as a person who never played it, mm. I just kind of like the all-around feel for this one, even though it's not as good. I think, fluff wise, creation wise, it 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 feels like like a Hydra. I just to me, it's got that. The ability to grow heads back. Yeah, I mean, it's literally got... I mean, and they call it, you know, the the two rules. If one head is severed, another takes its place. Um, Where is it? So if one head is severed, it's got three attacks plus one for each remaining wound. So it starts off with eight attacks.
1: Because it's got five wounds. Because it's
2: got five wounds, for five heads. Uh, And then if it's alive at the end of your turn, roll a d6, equal to the number of... Basically, the number of wounds it's taken, and on a four-up, it gets that wound back. Mm-hmm. Uh, not nearly as good necessarily as as regen. It's kind of a trade-off. Regen, you get to try every time you get attacked, unless they've got fire. Right here, you get to use it at only at the end of your turn. Well,
1: the old but Hydra also had a four-up armor save too. Oh, that's true. This one. well this one does. This too. one does as well. Oh, uh, you know, it still has the four-up. Oh, the scaly skin. Yeah,
2: yeah four-up scaly skin. So, what do you think of this Hydra, Alex?
3: Well, as you mentioned, Dave, I mean, it took a tremendous step back. When you look at the points, the old Hydra was 175 points, which I think everyone agreed was very, very inexpensive for what it was able to do. Right. This Hydra is 160 points, but to give it the breath weapon to equal the other one costs another 20. The breath weapon is fiery, but it's still only strength four versus five before. So at 180 points with the breath weapon, it's five points more expensive and nowhere near as effective. Uh, you, you lost the attacks that you got from the handlers. You lost the leadership that you got from the handlers. The higher initiative attacks that you got from the handlers is now strictly a monster uh, at initiative two. And leadership six. Right. Those are all definitely things that will come to, uh, you know, surprise you at, at the wrong time. Yeah,
1: purple sun uh, is on this bad boy. Oh, gosh.
3: <laughs> any, you know, uh, you know, pit of shades, any, anything right. that will, you know, hurt it initiative-wise. Also, obviously, it will be attacking last
1: the or or destroyed the, harpies in the vicinity to panic to panic exactly yeah.
3: the, the low leadership you know so any kind of a, any kind of a test for this thing would be a disaster and the other problem of course is is that the you know the another takes its place rule is nowhere near as useful because you only get to test at the end of your own turn which means that if they get 5 wounds on this thing through shooting and or magic or combat throughout their turn, this thing is gone with no saves of any kind other than the 4-plus armor. So, yeah. again, nowhere near as resilient, nowhere near as effective And uh, in terms of defense. And then offensively, it, it does start out with more attacks at 8, but it lost hatred, so there's no rerolls of any kind for this thing, and it loses attacks as it loses wounds. So it becomes less and less effective as it goes, I don't know. I I, I think that it's still plenty usable. Unfortunately, as Dave mentioned, one of the problems is is for the people that have been using these things in the past. This will seem like a massive nerf bat attack. Uh, You know, the people that have been playing against them are you know cheering you know in the streets. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that the Hydra needed to be reeled in, and this certainly does it.
1: it. Looking at this thing from a new player perspective though no, this thing is usable in an average sense. Yeah, it seems cool. It's not great.
2: I mean, there's other things taking up special points for me that I think I would I would rather be giving my special points to. But I mean, if you want to play a, a big a lot of monsters in in, a, in your in your army, it's still fun. This Spitfire thing, I just don't know. I don't I mean, I don't I don't see I don't what's the rule on that? Uh, okay, it basically gets a shooting attack with the following profile. 8-inch range. Uh, flaming attacks, strength, and multiple shots equal to the number of wounds it has left. So, if it's hmm. in the beginning of the game, it's got multiple shots, five strength, five, but it's an eight-inch range. It's a, it's spitfire. So instead of doing one big fiery breath, each one's shooting out a little little fireball each head. I can't see paying twenty points for that over the fire over the breath weapon. Yeah, Not with the good. range of
3: eight inches. That's the. I mean, if it had a if it had a decent range, it might be worthwhile. But because the range is so short at only eight inches, i i can't can't imagine we're going to see a whole lot of that. Although I pretty much think that people that are going to be using the hydro will be taking the breath weapon for twenty points. That's certainly well worth right.
2: it. Well, that's the thing. The breath weapon. It's it's the, the template's eight inches. It's going to cover stuff and just hit it, mm-hmm. whereas here it's eight inches. It can only hit five shots, and it's a shooting attack, so you've still got to roll on your ballistic skill of four.
3: Right, and the problem is is you can't take both, so of the two choices, I think that it's pretty much a no-brainer to take the breath weapon attack, which is still actually good in close combat as well, of course.
2: Right. All right, so, uh, Alex, anything stand out in the special unit, like something that you're going to have in every army? Or anything that you're going to take most of the time? I mean I think
3: that it's hard to say that there's there's things that are going to be in every army, but I think that the mainstays of the special selections based on how it plays out here are gonna be the shades and the executioners. Those are the two special choices that pop to me as very, very efficiently pointed and gonna be very effective on the table. So those are the two that I would think are gonna see the most action.
2: Cool. It's kind of funny. I'm looking at this and the way the pages are set up. And I just page-wise, because you could do, like, if you're you're into the cold ones, if you want to have your cold one bus and a couple of cold one chariots, you can play that type of a list, you know, your cold one list. You can play your black guard, executioner shades list, your boots on the ground. So this page has got all these awesome special units. Then you flip the page. And it's the other chariot, the bolt throwers, the harpies,
1: and the hydra. <laughs> all the miscellaneous <laughs> yeah, kind of like,
2: leftovers. Yeah. If you got any points left over and you have nothing else to spend it on, flip the page. That's <laughs> kind of,
1: well, I don't know. The, the bolt throwers, to me, are still a good choice. I'm just, I mean, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. But
2: it just seemed like the first couple of pages we were saying, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. And you get here and it's like, well, it's okay. You might use it, you know. <laughs> but it just, that seemed how it broke down when we were talking about it. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, break time. And then we'll come back and we'll hit the rare units. We got uh, five of those. And, yes, I can count to five. So uh, it is five. <laughs> On just the one hand. <laughs> Thank I'm God. Pretty good, yes. We'll be right
1: back. Bye. Brian Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine US, wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNot.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you are adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need.
2: Hey, folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect Protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com BattleFoam. Protecting your army.
1: Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. Wrapping up uh, the rare sections of the Dark Elves with Alex Nikitinco and my wingman David Whitek. That's right. I'm the wingman, <laughs> the man who can count to ten. So, <laughs> so uh, let's bypass that and go right into. Do you guys want to jump into Doomfire Warlocks? This is.
2: Uh, personally, for me, this is the this is the new unit that just fascinates me. This is the one I'm looking at, going, "Wow, this is all sorts of cool." And I'm one of the people who actually like the model, like those
1: horses with the big teeth are stupid looking. But but I mean that's true to I mean horses' teeth are are really like that, right? But it seems so,
2: it's a, it, it it looks a little I mean exactly I mean everybody's I like talked it. about yeah, it. Yeah, it like seems it. a little overdone. I read the thing about how he wanted to make them look emaciated and stuff,
1: but right, it almost looks like a cartoon horse to me, you know. But for uh, for 25 points, you get a, a fast cav model that's got two attacks, weapon skill four, ballistic skill four, strength four, toughness three, one wound, initiative five, leadership eight, uh, a unit size of five up. And they, they come with a plethora of special rules. I think a unit of five starts off as a level two. It counts as a level two caster.
2: Yeah. Here, let me flip over and get to those, our little special rules here. I'm trying to... Here we are. Doomfire Wardlocks. Um... Pray of the Dark Prince, they got a four up ward save. Except against Slanesh models. If you've got the Mark right. of Slanesh or Demon of Slanesh. So you know, that, that all too common Slaneshi demon army we're seeing now mm-hmm. is, is right. bad for these guys. <laughs> but uh, let's see, Doomfire Warlock, it's a level two wizard, it knows Soul Blight from Death and Doom Bolt. Um it doesn't dark. stop any other wizards from knowing this, so you could you could double and triple up on those mm-hmm. if you if you really love it. They get plus one to cast for every rank of five or more models in the unit after the first up to a three plus. So it's a level two wizard. To start off with. So basically if you have a full second rank, they get a plus three. Right. That's it. Um and you have to pick one of the models to be the wizard for, for purposes. Line of sight of casting. purposes, sure. Oh, and also, like you know, if you miscast and you got to center the template, sure. that's the guy you go on. Um. You oh no, you don't roll on the miscast table. You just take d3 wounds with no armor saves. But you, you, get you have a four awards, so yeah. who cares? Uh, if the unit's targeted by a rule that affects a wizard, the the opponent has to choose one of them. So if you had a, some sort of spell or something that goes after, I could you guess you could turn one of them into a frog.
1: <laughs> and if you did that, the whole unit would be handcuffed by that frog's movement. Then yeah. So, yeah, that Hex Scroll then comes, you know, plays a role here. What do you think of this unit, Alex?
3: I think that it's an interesting unit. Uh, obviously, the the two spells that they are given, which are Soul Blight and Doombolt, are both very, very nice spells. Mm-hmm. Doombolt is a nice magic missile, especially for a Fast Cav uh, unit that can certainly get close enough to make good use of it. And Soul Blight is a terrific spell, you know, a very, very usable spell, not only for them, but also for other units that could be in combat close by. So I think that, uh, from that perspective, it's, it's a, it's certainly a very usable unit, it is Fast Cav, which is always usable. Uh, they don't, um, uh, I don't think that they have, they don't have any magic, you know, they don't have any missile weapons. So no. basically, the magic is their ranged attack. Right. Uh, they do have, they do have two attacks apiece. They are strength four, so you know they're yeah. no joke in combat either.
2: Poisoned um, and uh, poisoned and four upward save on top of that,
3: right? Poisoned, yes. four upward save murders. I mean, they, right. they they you know they always strike first at initiative five, uh, movement nine for the dark steeds. I mean, they're 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 certainly a very nice unit. I can certainly see people fielding this unit. The only problem with this unit that I see, and this is just a caveat for people getting too excited about these things, is. You know, they do have just the four-up save, and at 25 points apiece, this unit is going to draw a ton of missile fire. Right. So, I mean, if I was opposite them, my units of crossbowmen would be targeting this unit ahead of pretty much anything else. So it's it's going to be a unit that's going to draw a lot of attention, and the four-up ward save is nice, but their toughness-tree, and they just have the six-up armor from being mounted. That's it. So they, uh, they're going to die to some pretty uh, significant ballistic fire if given the opportunity.
2: Yeah, I guess that's going to be the trouble. Yeah, like you said, keeping them on the board is where you're going to have your difficulty.
3: Yeah, you know, but but again, the, the two, they're not super expensive. So if you look at a tooled-up Dark Rider unit at 20 points a piece, and these at 25 points, yeah. that's not a ton of difference. They're they're five points more, but they gain a level two wizard as part of it. I mean, we're going to see a ton of these things out there. It's a, it's a neat unit, uh, and I see absolutely no reason not to have five of them on the table.
1: So do you think you'd feel the unit of, of five?
3: I would, yes. Yeah. Uh, again, it's very, very useful. level two gives you, uh, another, another channeling attempt. Right. Uh, gives you two useful spells. Uh, I mean, these are spells that's nice to have, especially if, for example, uh, you're not using those two lores. You know, those are right. two spells that you would want from those two lores. And, uh, if you are using those two lores where well, you already got that, so you can have others from, mm-hmm. from other casters, uh, or you can double up on them. I mean, stacking soul blight, you know, <laughs> right, it's not yeah, something yeah. So you normally see. That
1: would be... That would be great. Yeah,
3: Soul would, is a yeah case, but. Not, not so great for the other day. Right.
2: That's where I'm thinking if you see some people who, you know, taking two units of this, flying them up and two guys hitting them. Now, it's a level two, so mm-hmm. they're dispelling with their level four or whatever. So that's the one thing that might be hard to get it off. Um you gotta, you gotta throw a lot of dice at it if you want to make sure you get it off because there are only a level two, right? Sure, but think about uh,
3: Dave. Think about this: uh, the the hex or the augment that we see stacked like this a lot is wild form, right? Right, because it's a signature spell. You see a ton of them getting stacked up. Well, you don't normally see soul blight getting stacked, you know, because you know you just can't. Well, here's your chance to stack it and a minus one minus one strength and minus one toughness is already painful if you can get two of them on.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, what unit in combat can absorb a minus 2 strength minus 2 toughness hit? I mean, nothing can mm-hmm. can uh, take that kind of hit and still be effective. That's that's that would be incredibly painful.
2: Yeah. Like so, yeah, I I like it, them. I this, that's the one I look at in fact of the units here in the and the rare units, that's the one that, that catches my eye and says, wow, that's, I like it. And I like, I like the models. I was over at UGG today, and they just got their stock in, you know, that goes on sale, you know. And uh, I was looking at the models. I'm like, man, I almost bought a box just to buy them and paint them up. And then I realized, well, I got 2,000 other models to paint up. That's stupid.
1: Is there any stock in having a big unit of these guys with your Dreadlord and BSB in the same unit? Or is that just a, a, too auto build?
3: I think that, I think that it'll, it'll, it'll become cost prohibitive. So, so five of these things is 125 points. Okay. Uh, certainly a, a feasible unit. You can certainly even have two of them if you want. Once you start getting into 10 of them, now you're at 250 points with no upgrades. You start throwing characters in there. Now you're probably at, you know, whatever you are, 150 or 100 plus points plus 250. I mean, now you're approaching 400 points. All of a sudden, this unit becomes, a point of focus, and let me tell you, I mean, they're not going to do well in combat against a combat-oriented sure. unit. This is not knights, this isn't anything, you know, of that sort. So, um, they're fast calves, so they can certainly dance around a bit, but there's flying monsters that would love to get into combat with these mm-hmm. things. So, I again, I, I, they're rare, so you can have two of them, and I would not certainly be surprised to see a lot of armies fielding two units of five, but I wouldn't get too excited about getting giant blocks of these things.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the, the potential builds I saw floating around on the internet. So, I, I think there's also people who are trying to find that
2: that unit of ten so that you can get the three plus. I mean, because it, uh, it's okay. a lot of points. to us your point, it's, Alex. It's, it's a lot of points to pay for the. It's a ton of points to pay for it. But the temptation's out there. Right. I mean, you read it and it's, sounds. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. And I'm, you know. And then you do it in practice. But there's people who will give it a try, I think. And like you I said, think that, I, could... I think
3: that people will try it, but I think here's what they're going to find. And again, this bears out over a number of games. In one game, these things could be absolute money for you, right? Mm-hmm. But remember this these guys are relying on throwing magic spells. And magic spells are controlled by the number of power dice you generate, which are random. And Dark Elves no longer have to get out of jail free cards in order to be able to just continue generating them. So. They're they're as locked in power dice as every other army these days, and the bottom line is is that these guys there's not going to be enough dice to go around, right? To just throw massive quantities of them at everything. Yeah, and, so going to be ter- uh, some
1: turns where they're not doing anything.
3: It, precisely, you're going to have a bad you're going to have a bad magic phase, and if that comes at a crucial time, and these things are just you know at at, at that point they become overpriced uh, non shooting fast
1: candy. Right, right.
3: So, I mean, again, they're very much a usable unit. You will see these things fielded, but you know, I would just want to caution about getting too overly excited about having so many of these things that you know they're not going to pay for themselves in the long haul. If you if you continue, you know, if you just field giant blocks of these things, right?
2: All right. Well, okay. Let's jump over to the Sisters of Slaughter. Let's kind of jump around. Keep with the inf- Let's go with the one infantry unit on the list here. These are the non witch elves. (laughs) They uh, shave their heads, take their hair, and weave it into that hand weapon whip that they have. Um, You know, uh, initiative six, two attacks, 15 points a model. Um, They have the trial of blades and the dance of the hand weapon shield, so. Oh, Hand Weapon Shield. So they get, a, uh, they they get got a, a parry.
1: They got a parry save. Let's take a look at Dance of Death and the Trial of Blades. I've so the Dance of Death, models with the special rule have a 4-board save against attacks made in close, co- in close combat only. In addition, at the start of each round, uh, the, the sisters choose one enemy unit in base contact. That unit receives no combat result bonus for extra ranks in this turn. And models in that unit cannot make parry saves. That's a nice little combination of, of bonuses I suppose but I think it's it's a four ward save against uh, attacks made in close combat I think as a result of that uh, these girls will get shot and magic missiled off the table and maybe impact hit it off the table before they ever saw combat
2: well and that's the thing you know you've you got to take at least 10 of them they're 15 points I don't know what do you think Alex
3: I think they're very expensive. And I think that the fact that they only get the word save in combat makes them, you know, a, a unit of choice for, uh, for shooting. Uh, it, it, they're, I mean, it's a nifty idea, but they're, they're basically naked chicks with a shield, uh, which precludes them from having any, you know, I, I, I actually, if they had gone this route, you know, would have rather seen them have an extra hand weapon there, mm-hmm. uh, because they're not frenzied. Uh, they do get the, you know, plus one to hit it to wound, which is nice, but that's only against an, an enemy that has a higher weapon skill, which these guys have a weapon skill of six. Okay, so that's not going to happen too often. <laughs> or but strength. Sure that is going to happen because they're only strength three. Right. So again, it, it, it's a nifty idea. I think that uh, some people will probably give these these gals a try. I think that in general, if you field them in small units, they're just going to get shot off and magicked off. And if you field them in big blocks, I think they're going to be very, very expensive. Uh, and the, the truth of the matter is at 15 points apiece, there are better choices in the Army. Right. Uh, that's, that's the issue. It's not that you can't use them. Let me be clear about that. You can, but uh, fifteen points is very very expensive for you know some naked gals that you know can do some damage in combat, but even then, I mean they're still strength three. Yeah, so I, 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 I I'm think, you know I'm thinking that these things are are you know while while a cool idea, probably not going to be uh, fielded a whole lot. I,
1: I think you'd have to work. Uh, do- too unreasonably hard to get your money's worth out of these models
2: well uh, I, yeah uh, it's probably a fluff choice i'd say yeah. oh look they could take a magic banner up to 50 points <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. but uh you know the four up ward against combat and you know a lot of times with weapon skill six a lot of times they are hitting on threes you'd fight anything that's strength four they're hitting on twos Sure. Okay. And then they're re rolling their freaking ones to wound, but they're you know, they're they got hatred. Uh oh no, that's so oh, no they got the always strikes first and initiative six. So they're hitting on twos or threes, often re rolling. So you're gonna get a lot of hits in. They got the two attacks.
1: Strength I'm, three, plus one to wound.
2: Yeah. I'm Potentially just uh, yeah, yeah, plus one to wound with the with that and I'm just I'm just throwing out their devil's advocate. They can take a banner so you can throw up some sort of – you can mm. give them, you know, magic resistance or something, at least again, so they're not getting magicked off. Um, maybe. maybe. You know what? This is a unit that I want to work because I like these models a lot. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff out there that's not – that doesn't have a lot of shooting. I mean, there are armies that have a lot of shooting, but, you know, VC, demons, ogres, I mean, unless you're going up against those – the lead belchers – And a cannon, if you got them in, you know, they don't skirmish, but Mm -hmm. what do you got, two ranks? So they might, you know, cannons and stuff are going to take out two. So I'm just saying that. Maybe. If if, if you run them up, if if the point is, like, to fly them up and get them into combat. And once again, this is a fluff choice. I'm not saying they're good. I'm saying that if you're the type of person who says, oh, these look cool, I want to play them, and you're determined to make them work you know just fly them up get yep. them in there and see what they can do they seem like they they, they seem like they could do a bu- they could they could kind of pack a punch against i you know you can I, throw I think them, you're
1: going to be rolling a lot of dice yeah and hoping for some wounds but i think that's the, that's the biggest of it. problem is you're, with
2: strength 3 even with plus 1 to wound i mean basically anybody's going to make saves against them that's right. i mean it, they they seem like bit. fun and i kind of like the models
1: i kind of i love the models I, that's why i want them to work i just uh, I, I just don't see it but you know, it would take some games to try it out and see. Like I said, I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate
2: here, you know, because this this is the sure. model that everybody says is crap and no one will ever take. And it might be fun just to field them, just to see. Plus, that's one of those things where nobody else knows what to do
1: against them, you know. Well, for the record, I think there is a model that's even more useless than the Sisters of Slaughter. Oh okay. Well, that's uh, is it one of the rare choices. It
2: is one of the rare
1: choices. Then why don't
2: we go to that one next? Unless you got anything else you want to say about the Sisters.
1: Alex? Nope,
2: we're good. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, my award for most useless model in this book goes to the blood rack Medusa. Okay.
2: Let's take a look at this baby. Weapon skill, ballistic skill 5, strength toughness 4, 3 wounds, initiative 5, 3 attacks, a leadership of 2. Yeah. She's frenzied, uh, so she'll be able to restrain real good. Right. She causes fear... Uh, she has the ASF, now the, uh, what is it, Avert Your Gaze and the, uh, Blood Rack Stare. What do, what do we got there? What well, the Avert those? Your
1: Gaze, at the start of each close combat phase, uh, before challenges are issued, Any mo- enemy models in base contact with, uh, the Medusa must pass an initiative test or suffer a strength four hit with Killing Blow, and no armor saves allowed. This is a magical attack. Eh, so, Okay.
2: If you're in contact, they're gonna take a they're gonna take a strength four hit. That's okay.
1: Yeah, that's it's not bad.
2: And then the blood rack stare magical shooting attack twelve inch range strength four killing blow, multiple shots four. When rolling to wound with this, substitute the target's toughness with its initiative value. No armor saves. So some of the high toughness low initiative mm-hmm. models, they, then they're running into trouble against it. But once again, it's. It's four strength, four attacks.
1: Right, so you'll do some solid damage to low initiative uh, targets, uh, at armored units, Mornfang, Frost Hearts, that sort of thing. But the twelve inch range is, you know, it's ridiculous. It makes them exceptionally bad for that ty- type th- that type of utility. I do like the story behind them. Uh, this the idea because I'm like a Medusa's
2: really – Because when they said they brought in the Medusa, and I mean we all know from the Greek mythology what the, I'm like. What in the hell? How are they going to bring this in? Uh, you know, they were witch elves who were so beautiful and thought they were more beautiful than this goddess, and so she cursed them all, all except Marathi, who was smart enough not to go and 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 flaunt this and 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 do stuff against her. So she manages to survive again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the idea and their leadership too, because they've just gone insane because they were these beautiful right. things that have been turned into hideous monsters. And
1: the model is intriguing. It's yeah. just I just don't see what. It- this thing being used. What, what are your thoughts on this, Medusa, Alex? Well,
3: it, it, there's a couple of interesting things here. Number one, you can only take one of these things, mm-hmm. which for a monstrous infantry model is very, very interesting to me. I don't understand that. Uh, at 90 points for basically one model that has a leadership too, which it has a shooting attack, but look, it's got a movement seven, which means that basically unless this thing is, you know, attached at the hip to the general's unit mm-hmm. and – It, it's somehow not within 19 inches of any other enemy model that it can see, which in order for it to be able to even shoot these things, it would have to be. This thing's charging it instead. Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine this thing seeing the table unless it's basically just absolutely parked right next to the, to the general unit. And even then, um, the shooting range is very short at 12 inches. And it only has four shooting attacks, so it's like four shots that you're paying right. 90 points for. And then in combat, you know, yeah, you, you, you force the models to pass an initiative test or suffer a strength four hit, but it's only for the models that are in base contact. So, I mean, that's just a couple of models that are mm-hmm. going to be taking this. I really don't see this thing. It's, it's, uh, 90 points is nothing to sneeze at when you're getting very little out of it. I, I honestly can't imagine this thing seeing the table a lot unless you really, really love the model and just want to field it and see what it does, but,
1: uh, you know, pass. More more power to you in that case, I guess.
2: Yeah, this is something where I I suppose you could try to work out and figure out some combo to mix it with something else. Well, since we talked about the Medusa, let's talk about the whole darn Shrine, which is the chariot. Uh, For 175 points, you get a strength 5, toughness 6, 5 wound chariot that's got an armor save of 6. Um, drawn by the will of the gods, so this thing just kind of moves forward on its own. It's only movement five, so it's a very slow chariot. Because uh, well, obviously it can't march. So heck, my yeah, cor- my corpse cart almost moves that fast.
3: Uh, yeah, the the um, uh, the shrine has the same rule that the cauldron does. It only moves five, but yes, it can march.
2: Oh, it can march. Okay, so I totally I did I must have
1: I missed that rule completely. So did we cover the aura of agony on this thing? No, I don't think we did. Let's. uh, So, uh, uh, models from the Dark Elf book within six inches of the Bloodwrack Shrine have a plus one bonus to their leadership. All other models within six inches suffer a minus one penalty to their leadership. So it's a plus one, minus one leadership depending on if you're a friend or foe. Oh, well, that's nice.
2: Eh. You know what? When you're, you know, leadership tests, you know, can. Can come in, you know. Important. They could come in handy. You know, a lot of times I'm I'm used to taking what I have with my little chariots, like with my, uh, you know, with if when sometimes I take the uh, corpse cart, Mm. hitting it up on the corner just to use its special abilities. You know, you could do that. It's got the side wheels and everything. Um, Basically, a large target, magic resistance one. It causes terror, and then uh, it's got the it's got the Medusa's rules because she's on it.
1: Right. So uh, the problem is, I think if you're forced to make a decision decision between a bloodwreck shrine or a cauldron, it's that's a no brainer decision.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't see a reason. To, I mean, it's it's got it's got an armor save of six. Yes, it's strength five, toughness six, five wounds. It's a chariot, so it's going to do some some damage on impact hits. But uh, you know, it's going to have no save. It's just going to take wounds to en- almost anything.
1: What's the uh, the vampire count uh, coven throne? Is that what that is? Yeah, is this is the bloodrock shrine the the coven throne equi- equivalent? And that uh, it's a super fluff choice. Oh, I I think the coven throne's way better than, than this thing. I, I don't know. Agreed. Yeah, the
3: coven throne is is usable. It's just not optimal. This thing, I you yeah, know, again, cool again I'd be shocked stuff, if yeah. we saw a ton of these anywhere.
2: They look kind of cool. It's a uh, that mirror yeah, thing, again, and Yeah, bottle yeah, cool. looks so cool. Uh, but yeah, they just uh, there was there was a miss on on this with I think with the, with the point cost mm-hmm. and that it's got a whole lot of special rules that all sound cool, but it adds up to ultimately At, not a lot. Yeah, and like I said, especially I mean, giving it a six up armor save is just a joke. I right. mean, yeah,
3: it's got no worth save of any kind. It's 175 points, even if you stick it in a unit. Um, you know, it can still be picked off by, by cannon. Mm-hmm.
2: Because, uh, yeah, it's a cannon. It,
3: it, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, you know, very questionable. Again, you know, fluff choice maybe, you like the model, fine, but if you're looking for something that's going to you know, hey, dramatically Patrick, impact the game, I don't see it. this thing doing much
2: for you. Magic resistance one, so if they try to magic it, you get a six-up ward. Ooh, hey! Okay.
1: <laughs> well, let's wrap up Rares yeah. and uh, talk about the Charybdis.
2: I like this model. I like it too. I tell you, okay. I like the model except for the big gaping sucker mouth in the middle of its chest. That Something doesn't make any sense. About it just this model, me.
1: makes me want to go out uh, for a sushi dinner. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> but anyway, it's mm. um, for 160 points. You're getting a leadership six monster, initiative four, uh, movement six, weapon skill five. Its big thing is its uh, strength of seven. Nice toughness five five wounds, and it's got a cu- oh four up scaly skin causes terror. It's got poison, and it's got a couple of special rules. Uh, uh, Bissell
2: howls one of them. Enemy units in base contact of one or more have to reroll successful leadership tests. So this actually will cancels out hold your ground basically. Mm. Yeah, because uh, or the what do you call it the you know with the with the with the BSB right? Because if you get it's in the FAQ. Cancel, if you, yeah. yeah. If they cancel, then you just get the one roll. It's also the units immune to it if a majority of the models have one or more of the following special rules. Fear, tear, and immune to psychology. Which there are a lot of out there. Yeah, there's a bunch. So it's a cool rule that doesn't work too turn off, and that's the problem. Uh, and then Feast of Bones, if it directs all of its close combat attacks against the same model and all of those attacks hit then the target model suffers an additional D6 strength seven hits. Now, okay, I've heard a whole bunch of people asking about this. You can only basically direct that against a multi-wound model or like a character, I guess, couldn't you? I mean, you can't direct all your attacks against a single rank and file oh, model. Oh, okay? So if you
1: had a rank of 20 spearmen, you, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can would benefit. direct
2: them all against the champion, I guess, because you, you, you can. You can't target
3: a single rank and fire model. Right. They're, they're not targetable. So
1: this, this so, rule is lost on those types of units, then. Right, but if you, okay, if,
3: unless there is a unless there is a unit champion or a character or a you know obviously a multi wound uh, uh, situation like if you're facing ogres or right. or something along those lines monsters, then yeah. But keep in mind that it has five attacks, and you would have to hit with every single one of them. Right. In order to get that, I mean, it's a it's a Yahtzee roll you are looking for,
2: basically. Well, <laughs> oh, it's a little better than Yahtzee. I mean, with 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 weapon skill five, a, lo- a lot of times you could be hitting on threes. I mean, you could you could roll five hits and hit on all threes. I mean, that's not too terribly bad of a chance. But it's like you got you got to do it against a character of some sort or another, or, you know, another, another monster, monster. Yeah. you know? Um, but one Fang like, or something, yeah. Like that. It, it's it's two cool rules that don't happen enough to make them really cool. It's like, oh, that's awesome, but, oh, wait. D6, strength seven. Yeah, oh, wait, that's only against characters, I guess, or, oh, I got this, but it's only good against, you know, this mm-hmm. that particular situation. You know, not good against demons, not good against VC, not good against a whole bunch of stuff. So Oh, it depends.
1: I mean, it depends on the target you're... you're-
2: well, but, but, I mean, fear, immune to psychology, terror, that first one. Oh, the Abyssal Howl. Yeah which, yeah, which looks cool except for the fact that it doesn't affect, you know, mm-hmm. there's several
1: armies that it just doesn't do anything against. I, I think if you're going to choose a monster, to me, this is the first one that you would look at. What do you guys think?
3: I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a better choice than the Hydra, uh, the new and unimproved Hydra. Uh, it's It's... At 160 points, it's not particularly expensive. It doesn't have any upgrades available. So that's what you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I think for that point total, it's, it's a solid choice. It's, it's, uh, uh it's got five attacks at strength seven, which is nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Four up armor save. The five attacks are poisoned. Uh, weapon skill five is good. Initiative four is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only weakness on the stats really is leadership six. So yeah. you don't want to be losing combat with this thing for sure. Right. And you don't want it panicking or whatever. But in general, I think that at 160 points, you will definitely see these things on the table. So i I would expect to see these things out there. It's a it's a very nice, it's a cool looking model. I like the model and uh, I like the monster choice. So if you're going to have a monster in this army, that's the
2: monster. I agree. Yeah, I I like it too. I mean, you look at it's the same point cost as the Hydra. It's three. It's better weapon skill, better strength, better initiative. Um, like you said, the poison. So it's 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 better all around cooler name. Yeah, Charybdis. Coming from the Scylla and Charybdis, the types of things that Odysseus looked at, that's Greek mythology. Charybdis. Charybdis. I just googled it. It's a pronunciation. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even need to. It's if you if you've ever read anything from Greek well, I teach too. All my students have to read every year I got students lugging around them Greek mythology books. So
1: So that's rare. Charybdis. So maybe we should take a break, we'll come back and talk about army build, overall tactics, etc.
2: Excellent. Alright, we'll be right back.
0: The Dark Elves will never be content of ruling only Nagarov, for they consider all want to be their birthright but there are two regions of their sundered home that they desire above all. The Shadowlands are the remains of ancient Nagarith, where Anerian held court at Anlech, and from these lands the ancestors of the Nagarothi sprung. Though the Dark Elves have invaded Nagarith, many times no conquest has endured. Each time Anlech has been rebuilt, the Phoenix King's soldiers have cast it down. North of Anlech lies the Blighted Isle, site of the Shrine of Cain, Many wars have been fought across the skull-strewn plains, and at night, the spirits of the dead battle anew, forever captured by the will of Cain. The struggle for the Shrine of Cain is symbolic of the struggle in the soul of the elf race. None can say how it will end, or indeed, if it ever will.
2: We've covered the whole book over these two episodes, and now it's time to talk a little tactics and stuff. So, Alex, um, what? I mean, you got anything, anything that really stands out, any sort of way that you're looking at building an army? Um, I know we were talking off the air that, you, know, that it's, you could build pretty much anything. It's very flexible.
3: Right, and that actually was one of the major uh, benefits of the last book as well. And this book has those elements as well. And that is, there's not one build here. There are a number of options. You can go a number of different ways. The key is when you're building an army to make sure that your synergies are in place. So from selecting, it's not just selecting your armies, it's selecting, you know, the units as well as the magic lores and all the other things that kind of all work together. That's, that's the key. So you have many, many choices, but when you're picking those choices, the options start to narrow down a little bit as you make certain selections. So uh, some lores work better with some types of, of um, armies and, and less so with others. So you, you have to kind of determine, you know, which phases of the game, how you're going to participate in them, what units you're going to choose for that, and then, you know, what support magic and shooting and so forth you're going to have. So it all kind of ties in together to the type of army that you like to have.
2: So the army's got a whole bunch. I mean, it's got. I mean, I'm not gonna say all good choices, but I mean a, a vast majority of really good choices. But they actually, you can't just say, "Well,
1: throw in anything in a pot." You want to, you want to make sure that your your choices got a mix. Well, yeah. If you choose this, then you should choose that to augment the other.
2: And you were saying, Chris, uh, you were thinking
1: with your casters and your choices. What were you thinking? Yeah. So the the two kind of roads that uh, jumped out at me were, uh, you know, first. You, you go with the, the big horde of witches with the cauldron as your main combat block, or you go with the big block of uh, executioners with, uh, with the cauldron as your main combat block. So those being the two options then begs the question of, okay, well, which magic lore would be best for, for both? And Alex, jump in any time and, you know, give, me, give us your two cents or correct me. Uh, but if you go with the, the witch elves, then I think, you know, shadow is an obvious choice. All those high-strength attacks, uh, you know, mind-razoring them. Or if you go with the Executioners, you, you, you should pick a lore uh, that will help keep them alive, either uh, lore of life, increasing their toughness, or maybe lore of light to increase their weapon skill, uh, something along those lines. And then you know if you have a, a big combat block like that, you have to have the, the small so supporting shooting elements to kind of clear your charge lanes and RBTs to help also do the same thing, etc., etc., etc. So I don't know what you thought about that, Alex.
3: Oh, well, I, I agree with you for the most part. Uh, I do disagree with uh, throwing a cauldron into the executioners. I think that's uh, a bit of a waste. Um, the cauldron is very expensive at 190 points, and it doesn't give them the five-up ward save that it oh, does the wood right. elves. So, which is one of the major reasons why you have it in there. There's a number of different ways to give them frenzy. They don't. They don't need it from that source. Mm-hmm. And the the cauldron is really designed with the with the witch elves in mind. That's what it gives the most benefit to. And, right. you know, to me, if you have a, a large combat block of witch elves, the cauldron is a perfect fit for them. Sure. Uh, there, there are certainly a number of choices for the executioners. Um, you can throw a death hag in there with witch brew, which will frenzy them. Uh, you can also throw Tolaris in there. He'll frenzy them if, if that's what you want to do with them. Um, as far as the, the lore choices, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's, do you want your, do you want your lore to support your combat efforts? And if you do, then shadow is a great mm-hmm. choice. Uh, are you using your lore to handle, you know, opponent's characters, which, uh, you know, the death lore is really good for. Uh, light is always a good general choice. Life is an excellent general choice. So there, there's, with the, advent of being able to use all eight lores with the Dark Elves, the choices have really opened up, and and uh, again, you have the options to to choose one after you determine what kind of army mm. you want to field, so, uh, you know, you kind of have to think all these things, you know, how they intertwine when you, when you put them out there. Uh, the army that I had in mind would probably be something along the lines of having uh, a large block of Witch Elves with a cauldron in there for the combat punch. Uh, level four, uh, I'm torn between life and shadow because they both have elements that I really, I don't think you can go wrong with either choice for them. Uh, you know, you have to have crossbows to support, uh, the, the chaff unit. So I think a combination of crossbowmen and shades, you know, handle that aspect of it. And then from there, uh, you can either go with the warlocks for an additional magic punch, or you can have a charybdis out there for a monster. I think either choice again would be very good for a rare option. So like
2: even when I'm both.
3: thinking about things, there's there's some options out there. So you definitely have some choices. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I need. I want to stop and back us up a little bit because I'm feeling kind of stupid. Um, you guys both mentioned the cauldron, and that's the first time we have mentioned it. Oh, we, we never, didn't talk we about never it. covered it. Oh, I thought you guys well, talked about not, it. in The section. You know what? It's the not. Lord it's, it's in the lords section. But it's like when we covered lords, we never covered all the mounts, and I realized I just figured we'd get to it later. And it's not actually listed anywhere except in the mount section. Can we go over that really quick? Sure. So the cauldron you said was how much? Like one ninety?
3: It's one hundred and ninety points. It's a mount uh, for a death hag, and Hellebron can buy it as well. She's obviously the special character lord, right? And it's a it's a chariot like the like the other chariot that actually moves on its own, and unlike other chariots, it can march. So it has a movement five. It can march and it can also join units. Uh, if, if it doesn't join the unit, it has to be in the center of the front rank. So basically, it joins the middle of the unit, and and uh, that's where it sits unless it leaves the unit. As far as what it's capable of, just going down the list of uh, its abilities, the Blood Shield of Cain, the Cauldron of Blood, has a 4-up ward save. Witch Elves, Hags, Death Hags, including Hellebron, in the same unit, or mounted on it, have a 5-up ward save. All other models in the unit get a 6 up save so meaning that if you have it in a unit of witch elves they all have a five up ward save if you stick it in a unit of executioners they get a six up ward save
2: and it's got magic resistance one so if you cast magic at it that that will go on top of their ward save right correct that's correct so it's got a three up ward against magic and they got a four up ward against magic against spells right okay so
3: um it has the Fury of Cain, which is an innate bound item, power level 3, so it's pretty easy to uh, to cast, maybe not to get off, but uh, it targets a single unit within 12 inches, so it doesn't have to cast it on its own unit. You can cast it on another unit. And the target unit gains Frenzy for a special rule until the following magic phase. If the target unit already has Frenzy, then it gains two attacks rather than one attack, but it's not cumulative with Witch Brew. So basically means you want to have one or the other. So if you already have a death hag with witch brew, then this innate bound spell doesn't really help you because it doesn't stack with it.
1: Right.
3: Um, the other thing it does, and this is really the thing that you see on the, on the web being discussed a lot is the strength of Cain. And basically what it says is, is that friendly models with the murderous power special rule within six inches of the cauldron of blood re-roll all failed to rule to wound rolls. So, just to make clear what this says so, friendly models with the murderous power. So, that's the only caveat. It has to have the murderous prowess special rule, and they are within six inches, the unit within six inches of the cauldron of blood. They reroll all failed to wound rolls.
2: It's models, not the whole unit necessarily. It says,
3: models. well, it says, it says friendly models with the murderous jobs that are in units within six inches. Uh. So, it's in units within oh, six okay. inches. Oh,
2: in units. Okay. So I I, for, I missed that in units part. I was thinking like the cause what is it with the uh the thunder tusk thing that it, so that's a literal six inch bubble. So it is units then. So if the corner of your unit is within six inches, it the whole, the unit, whole unit, unit gets it. Okay, good.
3: Yeah. And so and they get the re roll to wound. And this is where you the whole yeah, room really you. starts to uh come into play here because uh, of course, the argument being that it says all failed to run rolls, which means all shooting attacks within six inches of this thing, all magic cast within six inches of this mm-hmm. thing that have wound rolls get to re-roll them, and that makes this item or this particular model very, very powerful.
2: Yeah, that's where yeah people are already calling for the FAQ on that one.
3: Right. Well, the 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 argument being for the f the, the rules as written. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just going to jump into the fray here, I guess. Sure. Uh, the rule as written is very, very clear. Okay, the argument that people I've seen make is that they're arguing that the intent, because they're identifying the murderous prowess as the identifier, yep. and murderous prowess being clearly only usable in close combat. The argument is, is that well, since they're targeting this particular rule, the intent is for that to be a close combat reroll. Well, that's not what it says.
2: No, it's not. And I, but I can well, see where they I can see both sides of the argument. They're saying it's implied reroll all failed to wound rolls instead of to wound rolls of one because it's the murderous prowess rule. But correct. that's not what it says. You're absolutely right. So I mean, right. that, but I mean, I guess that is something that you would definitely want to see an FAQ on. You know, is it for absolutely everything? Because that is really. Awesome if it is. Right. It's it, a, it's you
3: know. a, it's an incredibly powerful it's an incredibly powerful ability because if you if you stick a chariot like this in a big block of witch elves and you measure out to the corners you can basically park a unit on either side and have them easily reach. You can also put units in the back. You could potentially put units in the front if it's things you're going to plan on fleeing with. Mm-hmm. So there's a nice little 6 inch bubble around this unit that's going to you know, clip other units that then will give your shooting rerolls to wound. And, you know, when you're throwing up as many shots as, you know, crossbows do. Um, and even if you're targeting, you know, monsters where you need sixes, well, all of a sudden, if you get to reroll those gobs of dice, it's, it's a big difference. So it's, it's, it's definitely going to be something that would be nice to see an FIQ on if only to confirm that this is indeed what they intend. Um, which, again, I believe that they probably think that the 6-inch um, space of it, if you will, is limiting to some extent, mm-hmm. and also the cauldron is substantially more expensive now. I mean, it used to sure. be 90 points. It's now 190 points, and you used to be able to just target any unit, and now it's whatever unit that sticks there, and it has less capability. So I think, in general, the cauldron took a pretty substantial step back, in what it can do except for this rule, which if it sticks the way it is right now is going to be much more powerful. And I think will will make the cauldron take a step up instead.
2: Okay. And let See. me ask a couple of questions here real quick. It's yeah. within six inches of the cauldron. So it's, not within six inches of the unit of witch elves around the cauldron, am I correct? Correct.
3: No, okay. Yeah. it's just six inches of the model.
2: Okay. Uh, you know, I like the will of the gods rule. I know it's something simple and it's not that big, but this thing can go in and out of units just like a character. Correct. So if your unit starts getting whittled down and you don't want it to, this thing to get picked, I mean, obviously a cannon, you could target it and right. stuff. But if it's in a big unit, you can't just target it with basic types of shooting and stuff like that. Um so that will of the gods allowing it to jump in and out of units I just it was something i hadn't seen before because it's not a character, so I thought that was kind of neat as a rule um but yeah that strength of Cain if if it if it holds up as absolutely
1: everything for everything then that's
2: that's really awesome you know
1: something like uh, your your unit of five do fire warlocks you park that in front of this cauldron launch that magic missile reroll those uh two wounds it, and then they get charged, and then you you flee them away. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like to- I mean,
3: it, it's it's a very. That's why I'm saying if you if you if you look at all of the things that you can feel, the the cauldron is is. You know, as written, again, you know, we'll have to wait to see if they in fact do anything with it. But as written, the cauldron is very, very powerful, and uh, anybody facing this army is going to have to, if they are able to account for it with things like cannon or stone throwers, I'm sure that they will, because that would be a major thing to eliminate as quickly as possible.
2: Okay, and now I see why you're saying it's much better with witch elves than with the than with any other unit because of the five up ward it it serves them, especially because they're naked. That's so yeah it's Good. Big, you know
3: right well there it's clear that the the cauldron is really designed for them, and fluff wise it makes sense, however, that is not to say again, I want to make it clear it's not to say you can't use it with other
1: units it, it's I mean, optimal with those which it's cells, just though.
3: it's just it just seems like a natural right you know marriage between what they can do but yeah you can you can easily um you can easily feel that in fact uh you know, I mean, in a, in a large block of executioners, yeah, you only gain a six plus ward save, but uh I mean, you gain the frenzy, and you uh, can
1: reroll fail to wound rolls.
3: Uh, well, there's that, of course. Yeah. The fail the fail to re- wound reroll thing that that's going to be a topic of discussion. You know, if and when the FAQ right. comes out and right. clears it up, and something you know, we can't count on GW doing that, but but if. uh you know, hopefully they will put one out, and and that puts that argument to rest because uh, uh, you know that's going to continue to be bouncing back and forth. It's a, it is a very very powerful ability, no doubt about it.
1: As far as the FAQs are concerned, my money would be uh, sometime in early to mid April because usually they release it right before Adepticon. At least that's my recollection, but you know who knows. Gosh, I, I hope it's earlier than that. Right, <laughs> Me too. Yeah, No kidding, I don't want to wait that long.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so I know we're running out of time with Alex, and I totally sidetracked us for 10 minutes, or anything, but I realized as you guys are talking about the cauldron, That's I'm like, right. wait, what the hell does a cauldron do?
1: Like, I wasn't certain. <laughs> so. are, there, are there any other uh, thoughts in terms of overall army builds that you guys wanted to cover?
2: Not me particularly. what I wanted to ask Alex is, Alex, given what you've read in here, um, w- w- like, is there anything that, like, armies that you're like, oh, I can totally handle them, or is there any armies where you're like, eesh, these guys are going to give me... So much trouble. Is there any you know, basic good or bad matchups? Yeah, good or bad matchups.
3: I think that I think the Dark Elves in general uh, don't have those hiccups, if you will. Uh, this is an army that can can face anything. Uh, they have been that way since the last edition, and they're still that way now. They have they have, uh, and I'm making the assumption that you build some type of a army that participates in multiple phases mm-hmm. of the game. I mean, you can you can build an army that won't do anything against certain armies just because you've skewed your army so far towards one phase of the game. Uh, Assuming that you have armies that are capable of dealing with various things, which this book gives you the tools to do. Um, there's no matchup for this army that I think that would be, you know, that frightening. Uh, it, it's a, it's a book that overall, and we talked about this before, uh, took a reasonably significant step back. Uh, simply because of the loss of magic items and and the loss of some very you know powerful combinations that it had available to it before, I, I think it's still imminently usable. I think it's still a very very competitive book. I like the book. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's much more in line with what you see from the current books. So I think that's great. But I think in general, uh, it's it's now no longer a uh, you know no brainer top tier. You know, hmm. oh my God, it's dark elves. I mean it's it's a, it's a book that anybody else facing you know would probably feel like they have a chance in the game as well which is also good.
2: Cool. So like you know everyone's talking about how the you know warriors and the demons are just racking up all the wins you can if you build a balanced build with this you 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 you, you feel you got a just as good a chance as anything, huh?
3: Well, I think that that's how I like to let me be clear that I'm talking about you know, my opinion based on how I like to field armies. I prefer to field armies that participate in every facet of the game. I normally have some shooting, some magic, and I like movement, and then I have combats, but I like to pick my combats if I can. Um, The armies that you pointed out as, you know, yeah, they're top-tier armies, uh, those armies are you know, they're I don't consider them to be, you know, that great of a challenge to play. It doesn't take, and I'm talking about specific builds, but it doesn't take a whole lot to push your demons forward, have things slam into them, and, you know, throw a bunch of dice and walk away with a win. Uh Same thing with certain warrior builds with that, you know, DP with the kit and all the rest mm-hmm. of that stuff that people are fielding nowadays. Um I mean, you can be successful with those kind of armies, obviously, because just just of how they play, but I think that, uh, this army has the capability of taking on those armies. I believe that. Uh, but not like it used to where, you know, you're able to overwhelm your opponent with your options. I think that this army would require some some, some serious strategy to pick your combats, stay out of certain combats. But more importantly, you have some tools to remove chaff, to handle magic, to throw some magic. And, you know, if you go combat, there's certainly some units here that can uh, certainly go, Dish go throw, throw with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Excellent. I think that's the book. (laughs) I think it is. (laughs) Excellent. We'll have to get some games in with and against them. Yeah. Test test these theories out. Yeah. Well,
3: that's the the other thing is that, you know, we need to let the book kind of simmer out there a little bit and, and get some events in with the book and get some people getting creative lists out there. Once we see some... Some people having success with this book will will see what the armies are that uh but off the top of my head that's what I see. I see a level four out there with a big block of witches or a big block of executioners, the Cauldron, yep. you know, maybe a Charybdis out there, some Warlocks, Dark Elves, Shades,
1: that's yep. that's Dark Elves.
2: I will say this much, I really do like this book. Like as much as we were talking last episode how I have trouble playing it buying because the of the filth, fluff right. and buying, buying into it, it's uh it's it's, it's I mean they were good before. I mean they, they are. They're the, the the Dark Elves have been since I've been playing an army that
1: is before they were too good.
2: But they were I mean they were great in every facet of the game. It's like Alex yeah. says, he likes to be blind and they do. They have good magic, they have good shooting, they have good combat blocks. They 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 participate well in every phase of the game and I look at the new book and they still do that and they've just got all these great choices. You know, you you never
1: know what you're gonna face the thing is, on... they took away a couple of crutches. What well, well, what I call crutches. They and took those, away the one plus the overpowered magic items that they had before, which I hated.
2: Well, I, like I said, we've talked about this so many times. I hate the one pluses being in the army. Well, the reason I hated them
1: is because I could never figure out which character had what. You okay, know what I mean? well that too. But it, it, by the time I figured it out, I was in trouble. So
2: yeah, but uh, yeah, they took away the one pluses, but they still have a really good, solid army. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those armies that is, a gr- I think, is a great moneymaker for GW. Not because just because the army itself is popular. But you know, you can sell ten thousand points of this to a person who really play, who really wants to. Because you got so That's many the versatility. Them. Yeah, but the versatility. Because if you want to get a, if you want to get a horde of each of these different core units, suddenly you're just right piling on. So as far as I mean, you know, they want to sell models. Sure. You can.
3: Well, they they certainly sold them to me. I mean, I've got. I don't know, at least 12,000 plus points, maybe 14,000, I don't know how many. It's, uh, shelves and shelves of Dark Elves, well, you know, over 20 plus years, oh, right, but uh, right. Dark Elves have always been a mainstay of the Warhammer universe. They've always been a very popular army, people love the fluff, they love the evil aspects of the army. It's it's just it's always been popular. There you know there have been downturns for it in terms of the power curve. Mm. Certainly in the sixth edition, this army was uh, you know nowhere to be found on the power curve. But you know people still played them just for that aspect of it. It's it's dark elves. You got to like them.
2: Yep. Well, and you know for people who like that, because I mean high elves do it too. They fight on all phases. Mm. Uh, they hit on all on they hit on all pistons. Right. But if you don't like the skirts and you don't like the Elvishness of the high elves. Right. Then you can go to their evil cousins. <laughs> you got that alternative. <laughs> right. So you get all the benefits of hitting on all cylinders, but the evil twist to it. Yeah, you can pick that too. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a great book all around. I'm really pleased with what I've seen from models to to uh, to everything else. So, Alex, I know you have to get going. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and uh, and talking about this. Because yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been great.
3: Terrific. Well, it was my pleasure. Always uh glad to join you guys.
2: Cool. And uh, I hope to have you on again soon. Seriously, hopefully maybe before the end of the year just talking about, you know,
1: whatever, whatever's going on. Yeah, maybe after we've had a chance to play a couple of games. Yeah. it be great. Those.
3: You mean like you mean like uh like an overpowered high elf versus the middle of the road dark elf kind of a yeah. thing?
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking more something on equal footing and see how it turns out. But yeah. High off on dark elf, that'd be fun. A little treason and treachery. Maybe we can go. throw in
2: a VC or a dwarf army in the middle of that. There get a three go. player game going. Yeah. So, okay. all right, fantastic. Uh, thanks, Alex, and folks. We will be back, um, and we're going to get Donovan on to talk about who won our contest. So Sounds like a plan. We will be back. If you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commissioned painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced. And if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table, but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad to check them out.
1: Tools. We are joined by Donovan of GuildPainting.com uh, to wrap up the contest. So how's it going, Donovan? It's going pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're hanging in there. Doing good. So uh, if you do us a favor and remind the listeners the the contest and uh, what, what it's all about.
4: All right, so the contest we're running is basically um, what we're going to do is we're going to paint a model for you guys. Uh, monster, or like a hero level character. Something that's a really nice standard, something we're proud of to show off to everyone. And uh, what it was was basically a write in and why we should paint paint you a model, you know. What is what is so deserving of you know guild painting painting you a model, you know. And so we got a lot of really good entries, a lot of really funny entries, you sure we did. Some, some gnarly ones too. But I mean, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> gnarly indeed. <laughs> yeah, that was. But but the, the the stakes are high because the quality of the painting that you guys do. Uh, and the potential model that uh, the winner will receive is just off the charts amazing.
2: Yeah, and you and you're. It's not just you know I'll do a, a hero character. You're you're you'll any you'll do a centerpiece model for him. So, I mean that's yeah. that's really nice.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, if it's going to be a bigger model, it's not going to be the same detail and stuff as a character. We're spending about six to eight hours on it, so it's a good you know whole day's worth of stuff. I mean, it's going to look good. It's going to look really nice. You're going to be real proud of it. I mean. Hell if you get if you, if you want a regiment, whatever. But that regiment's can be painted eight hours. So <laughs> whatever <laughs> you guys,
2: that's, that's a fair that's a fair contest. It though, is. man. It is. It you is. know.
1: So before we announce the winner, uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, get some more information, uh, how could what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
4: Uh, um guildpainting.com uh you can go over to the contact us section there's a little area there you can write in what you need um questions you can upload pictures so you can show us the picture of the model or kind of what you're thinking of scheme wise um that way um that shoots it to my email uh which is also d stouter d s t a u d e r painting at gmail so d stouter painting at gmail you can reach me there uh you know we'll figure it out that way um very good. That's, I mean, you could message me on the forum. I don't check my forum messages that much, but I mean, you could shoot me a message to the Garage Hammer forum. I can do that too. So, plug. Excellent. Everyone get on the forums.
1: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, yes, definitely. <laughs> Please do. So, uh, Donovan, if you would do the honors, announce our winner, and then David will follow up with reading the actual entry on the air.
4: Okay. So, we had a lot of really good ones, um, and we all kind of got online. We talked, and uh, the one we all came to an agreement on that we really, really liked, thought was funny. And just really, you know, captured what we were looking for was the tremendous. Hey. Congratulations,
1: tremendous. So we will uh, reach out to you. Uh,
2: Tremendous, hopefully you're listening. Uh, You won the contest. So um, just get in touch with us, you know. uh, Or Donovan directly. or, Or you can contact Donovan directly. Uh, at what he just said, that's probably your easiest way. Get it all set up that way. Because basically, if you get in contact with us, I'm just going to forward your information <laughs> right. to Donovan. So <laughs> Take out the middleman. Exactly. Um, so there you go. There were some really
1: great entries, but this one was just, he really... Was did, really well crafted. Yeah, the effort here was great. So, so as a treat to the Garage Hammer listeners, we have the tremendous actual entry read live on the air by none other than Mr. David Wytek.
2: Why should Guild Painting Services paint a model for me? How could you even ask me this question? It's obvious. I'm mother effing Lord Tremendous, ever chosen of chaos. Why should you paint me a model? Wrong question. The correct question is, why in the warp haven't you done so already? Your painting squires will be honored to be allowed the privilege of touching a model that will be used in my army. Once their primitive intellects fathom that they actually get to paint it, Well, suffice it to say, your squires with weaker constitutions won't survive the pure ecstasy that will course through their pitiful veins. So make sure you have plenty of red shirts on staff, for Lord Tremendous does not suffer excuses or tardiness. When you choose to paint my model, I will be sending you the greatest model ever to be spit out of the warp. The Mutilith Vortex Beast. That's correct. I said you will be painting a mutilith vortex beast for your lord and savior, Lord Tremendous. Get up off your knees. This is no time to worship my generosity. This is the time to stop the contest cold. Apologize profusely for making me wait this long and give me an address to send the mutilith beast so that you may correct your gross oversight and begin the process of painting my monster. If, by Zincha's eyebrows, you fail to see the wisdom in this post and choose to ignore it, then I will have no other choice but to unleash Nurgle's poxes upon you. Chiggers, smallpox, whooping cough, hangnails will plague you and yours for all eternity as testament to what befalls mortals that fail to do their part for the raw awesome that is Lord Tremendous. The ball is in your court now, knaves. Do not test my
1: patience!
2: Your Lord and Savior, tremendous. <laughs> that was fantastic.
1: That is a great email. You have to read the disclaimer.
2: Oh, disclaimer. Please see this post for the sarcastic humor it's intended to be. I, in no way, really mean to insult anyone. I'm just having fun with my contest entry, like the podcast encouraged.
4: You know how hard it was not to just bust out laughing in know. The middle while you were reading that? That was very, very difficult for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris just switched off his mic at some point. He's just like, that's it. I, I was
1: full of fear. I was scared into voting for this because I do not want to come down with a whooping cough. Let me tell you.
2: I don't, Hangnails. I, last Hangnails. thing I need yeah. is a hangnail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have enough time, trouble finding time to paint, much less having to hold a brush with a hangnail. With a hangnail. No. Forget it.
4: Yep. Oh, so
1: good. well done. Congratulations. Tremendous. And uh, yes. Look forward to posting. We you have to post pics of the finished model though for all to see.
4: Yes. Oh, it's going to go up. I've got a. I've got a couple stuff. I'm finishing up right now. We're finishing up a Menoth army. We had some. Uh, I had some family stuff, so this model's these have been kind of on hold for a little bit. So we're finishing these up, and then um, David stuff or Harrison stuff is getting a little finished up, so those will be up oh, soon. Nice. And along Excellent. with the Vortex Beast.
2: <laughs> I was saying to Chris, I said. When we were looking at this, I said, not only that, but I, I'm guessing that you don't get a lot of Vortex Beasts to paint.
4: They I've don't... never painted one. Um, I have had to build one. I, I, I wanted to hurt somebody after having to build that one. Oh, it's one of those that things that the first time you build it, you're like, this is the worst. And then afterwards, you like figure out how to build it and all wow. that stuff. Like, the, like, for example, the new Cauldron of Blood. Building this thing, it's like putting me at my wits' end. Huh. But, like... Once, if I built a second one, you would know all the shortcuts. you be like, see. oh, okay, this is this isn't so bad. But
1: <laughs> I, I like that that vortex piece. I think it's a great looking it model. It looks great. You just don't
2: see a lot of people putting it on the field. The rules, I think, let it down. So, yeah. yeah,
1: that's kind of what I figured. Is you know
2: Donovan's going to get a chance to paint something because that model looks so cool. I, I'm assuming that in your work, Donovan, when you're painting, you know, as you guys were explaining last time you were on, you know, uh, assembly line painting fifty foot troops that getting to work on something like this is, uh, you know, that you don't get to paint as often. Of a as, treat. Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, for sure. I've already got some ideas I was looking at, uh, looking at the Vortex piece, like, with that, with that like, fluid dripping from the, you know, its little tentacles and stuff like that. I'm really excited to do some really cool things with it. I'm going to have fun with it. Plus, I get to try out the new GW. Uh, They're, like, technical paints oh, with, nice. like, all the different effects and all that stuff. I think I'm going to probably test it out on that, just really see if I can get some really cool, like, goopy Nurgle effects or acid or something. I don't know, but I'm going to have fun with that. I'm excited.
1: Goopy Nurgle is cool. Good.
4: Goopy Nurgle. Goopy <laughs> Nurgle always looks good. <laughs> Goopy Nurgle. There you go.
2: All right, Donovan, thanks for taking time out to come on. Um, I know... Well, here it is. It's it's only, what, it's 8 o'clock by you right now?
4: Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to go out. It's Friday night, man. And
2: that's what I'm saying. Friday, it's Friday yeah, night. Right. That's why right. I wanted to catch you now, because... Donovan's in his 20s and unmarried and lives in, you know, Southern uh, California. Town, yeah. It's Friday night. You know he's going out. I wanted to catch him before he left. <laughs> <laughs> so us old men are going to go out and get uh, get a quick sandwich and come back and, dinner, and finish yeah. work. So. Exactly.
4: All right, well, Donovan. That, the, the party doesn't start till 11 anyway, so i got at least another couple hours. Uh, you know? That's <laughs> when the real fun starts. <laughs> well, <laughs> goodness.
2: Oh, man. Alright, well Donovan, thank you so much for coming on and I will we will both talk to you soon.
4: Sounds good. Thank you guys. Yep. Thank you for having me on and congratulations Great show
2: tremendous. All right. thanks, yes, thanks Donovan. Take it easy. Bye. That's my Skype turning off noise. Did nice. you like that? I dead on, wasn't it? I bet you thought it was the real thing. Oh, and there it's going away. All right, so that's the contest. It's uh, done and done. We're gonna have another contest pretty soon because with our Mantic uh, Mantic sponsor, um, we've got some Mantic stuff that we're gonna be giving away. So cool. We'll be having another contest relatively shortly. So that's a show. Uh, that is a show. I really hope you guys enjoyed uh, this Dark Elf review. We've gotten, we've gotten so much
1: response to last episode. I was surprised that we got so much.
2: I, I knew we'd get some because, I, I mean, after we finished recording, every once in a while you can tell when you got something that they're like, wow, that
1: was a little better than our but normal. But people are commenting, you know, coming out of the woodwork. And, and the thing is, there's no right answer when it comes to theorizing about the fluff. Uh, and we were going way out on the limb with some it, of this it, stuff. It, you know, And everyone has a take and everyone has an angle. Uh, So it's fun to talk about it. Yeah.
2: In fact, I mean, we could literally do a a whole segment on a show just going over some of other people's responses and their ideas and stuff. Because there's a lot lot that people have been talking about about this. Um, Wow. You know, and and it's so weird because before we put this episode out, like when we were recording it, like I was kind of down on the whole Army Review thing, man. I've been feeling kind of. Like burnt out? No, nah, it's you know it's just that you know we do them in two parts because we really like to cover everything, including right. the fluff. And you know I'm kind of happy we're the only cast that does it because it actually you know it does something different. Right. Um. But you know, so I mean, there's like 15 or 20 dark elf reviews out there now. There's and, quite a bit. Uh, I mean, this is the first time I, I think with this particular one I had two in my Instacast mm-hmm. before I could actually get the book.
1: Because oh, yeah, Kiwi Hammer and uh, The Dwellers Below. They're like 17 I mean, yeah, they hours a, ahead yeah, of us. So quickly. they had
2: one ready and out the morning the book came out, and I hadn't even gotten the book yet. And it just seems like, how many Dark Elf reviews can you listen to? I mean, I listened to about four of them, and I i, I think that was it. I, I had to stop. I mean, it was the, you know. So I was worried no one was going to want to listen because we were waiting a few weeks. And then the second part, I mean, the book's been out now three, four weeks, and there's been 15, 16 Dark Elf reviews. Yeah. but.
1: Well, it's fun to cover the fluff. You know, the dark elves are so central to the Warhammer universe. You yeah, know, they touch a lot of other races. Uh, so it's it's certainly fun to theorize. And so I and I discuss. am glad. I was I was literally thinking
2: that we would, I was just going to be like go out there to the audience and be like, do you even want us to bother right. doing these anymore? But we got such a good response last episode that I'm like, well, at the very at the very least, we'll be doing fluff reviews when the book comes out. because yeah. <laughs> And like I said, that was just so much fun. I don't, it was fun. I mean, I didn't plan. I mean, we like I said, our plan on the show notes was an hour tops, an and, hour of
1: fluff, and then into the book, and
2: then into the book, and it just it ran rampant cause it, we just, you
1: know what? If the user, if the users, if the listeners want more fluff discussion, I'm happy to. I love Provide it because it is fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, and then. Really sitting there and trying to pick apart and look at the little subtleties in, in this stuff. Because there's so... I mean, you don't realize, you know, it's 20 pages. And you're like, okay, it's 20 pages. It's not that much right. in the grand scheme of things. But it's pretty small type. And you get these timelines. There's a
1: lot. now yeah, they cover quite there. a bit. they
2: do. And, you know, I think it's a shame that so many
1: people skip over it. I mean, I know you buy because the book. Because so many. it was maybe half the book, maybe? A third? Yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's considerable. Yeah. Piece of it,
2: yeah. But I mean, so many people skip over it. I mean, I you know when I buy the book, I flip through it. I look at the pictures. I look at the rules too. But so many people go straight to the
1: rules. I can understand that. But I think if you read the fluff, it it enhances your usage of those rules to yeah. a, a higher degree.
2: I totally understand people who just just care about the rules. Yeah. But part of it, like you said, it's the understanding of it. Plus, if you're someone like me who wants to build nice themey mm. armies and mm-hmm. wants to take these other choices. The Fluff's what inspires me. You know, I I read that, and I'm, like, thinking, oh, you know, you could take groups like this. You could take an right. army like this. The, the, the Fluff can inspire different builds that you might not have originally thought of because maybe that model or that unit is not optimal. Mm-hmm. But then you read this back, you're like, oh, I got to put that on the field. I got to right. put that out there just to play with it. So we'll be back on the, what this is. This is the episode for the 10th, right? Yeah, so we'll be back on the t- we'll be back right about Thanksgiving. Or for oh, those yeah. who's not in America, the end of November. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back end of November um Dude, I got even, I got no idea. We're going to be starting up Garage Hammer 101. I know we're going to start doing that. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, we'll have played
1: some games. Yeah. You and I, we haven't played a game in a while. Until. And I know
2: we said our next game is going to be Demons, but I went through what I have, and I don't even have enough ready to really explain. Just, just proxy so, stuff. Just proxy yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll have to, to figure something. Um, but uh, we got so much to talk about next episode. Looking forward to it. But, but we, haven't, well, we didn't even really talk about some of the new models. You got the technical paints that Donovan just imagined. Um, I picked up Triumph and Treachery today. You know I want to talk oh, about yeah. this. We'll cover it all
1: in the next episode. Yeah. So, yeah, We've got full of a lot stuff coming. up. So,
2: join the forums. Leave us a nice review on iTunes.
1: Tell your friends. Hey, it's, it's fall. by the word. Buy a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: and, folks, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And, and keep the feedback coming. We love to hear that stuff.
2: Yeah, the, yeah this. Dude, we've gotten so much feedback on this last episode, and it, we're, like, giddy with it. So, absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you in a few thanks, weeks. guys.
1: You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the GarageHammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, GarageHammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at GarageHammer and follow Chris at TopherChrisU. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through david at garagehammer.net you can reach me, that's Chris, through chrisu at garageheimer.net And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website. Or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.
2: Okay, you know, I mean, well, let's do the first two pages here. There's what? There's five here. Oh, it's only nine special. I was—I totally lied. Did I say thirteen? Yeah, I was dumb. It's nine.
1: Uh, it's not that bad.
2: Yeah. So, when we—I'll bring us back and then tell people I'm dumb, and then uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just cut out. And the then nice we'll wrap thing. the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dumb. Have a nice day. See you in two <laughs> weeks.